0: Yeah, I was walking,
1: well, I was walking Rudy and Roscoe when that happened, so, yeah. Okay, so um, So, um, we've only talked about COVID a couple times already, but now (laughs) we're actually going to move on to something else. Uh, As always, I'm here with uh, Brian Ireland-Sternick of the Puerto Rican Cleveland
2: Sternicks. That doesn't make any sense if they don't know the context of it.
1: It's not my problem. Yeah, that's true. I'm not even
2: going to explain it. It's Ireland <laughs> Sternick now. That's my name on the fucking podcast. Yeah, it's
1: going to be a thing real soon. <laughs> so we were. Uh, uh, it's a. Uh, we've been talking a lot about like recently about uh, like the closing. So you know, uh, I think we Brian and I just kind of talked offline about. I think we thought of seven. Seven or eight in the oh. last two or three weeks, which is a real bummer. Yeah. Because some of them are places like LBM and Town that I really, really love. Going yeah, to. they're great places. Um, the yeah. thing that we were kind of joking around about also is some of the ones that have closed, and you can 100% understand why they closed. Yeah. They weren't even trying at all.
2: Again, a lot of, like, yeah, being around some bars – so, yeah. A lot of bars sanitize a lot. Other bars are like, yeah, but looks clean. We're good.
1: Yeah, some people are like, no, nah, I'm sure we all showered.
2: Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> we showered three days ago.
1: So the the good news about, well, we have a, a guest with us today. Um, I can tell you for being a frequenter of the bar that he is at, that these guys do not take that stuff very lightly at all. No, we don't. Yeah. Not even a little bit. That's uh, the good side of the spectrum yeah. over here. Well, hey, we try our best. <laughs> no, I, I think you very much do. The uh, Almost to a point where... Uh, You've uh, Even at times, I've seen you kind of make people a little uncomfortable just because of how forceful you sometimes Well, have to you know,
3: sometimes yeah.
1: – I th- think early on when we all talked about it, it was definitely, like, an important thing to make sure we
3: were clear about the intention of how we wanted to make sure we, as a, as a business, and then the guests that were coming in were safe and protected and, you know, sanitary and all that stuff. So, like, if, if there's any gray, gray area, people can kind of take advantage of that. So we try yeah. to really, like, just be stern – but still be very polite. You have to be. So, yeah. so and I'm an will, asshole anyway. So, yeah. I mean, it's, fine. <laughs> you know.
1: So, 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 everyone will know exactly where you can get a stern and yet polite beer. Please uh, introduce yourself. Well,
3: my name's Tony Coast. I'm the general manager of Terrestrial Brewing Company on uh, lovely Battery Park. And
1: uh, yeah, that's where, uh, that's my charge for now. So, uh, to give a little bit of background, we actually do have a little bit of, the, our podcast does have some history with uh, terrestrial. Uh, one, Terrestrial was one of the first places that I went to when I first moved up here. Um, I love the location. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's it really, really, especially in the summertime. Now yeah. it's there are very few places where it's better to be, just because you're right next door to this huge dog park. Yeah, it's all kind of isolated and lakes it's, right there. You guys there. got a lot of room too. We yeah. do. Yeah, yeah,
3: it definitely make, made for you know when Ralph and Ryan, the owners, you know myself, all sat down to kind of figure out how we were gonna space the brewery out. It, it, we really didn't have to change the layout of the brewery that much. Like, yeah. I mean, that how you see it now is almost kind of how it looked last summer. Yeah. You know, yeah. we have enough space already, so it, it may it made the social distancing distancing aspect of things pretty easy. Yeah, you know? that's Was,
1: a very good point because it does. Uh, yeah. You're because of your space, the way that you already kind of had it laid out before all this right. happened. It actually. It did make it. It seemed yeah. to make it a little easier. Well, for you. right. And if, I
3: mean, yeah. you look at places like you know that have chosen not to reopen, you know, for a number of reasons, for the safety of themselves and and their patrons. But if you look at places like like the Spotted Owl, there's nothing social distancing about the Spotted Owl. Now, yeah. The entire concept, the layout of the space, is about intimate very close quarters gatherings in a basement of a old building yeah. and it's beautiful and it's amazing. And it's so unique. And you know, Will and his team, there are some absolute captains of industry and some of the most talented people, you know, in, in the city and in the country. But at the same time, what's social distancing about but,
2: that? Well, I, I have a question about, because you run terrestrial. Yeah. Um, because the whole part of being at a bar, I, I mean, I, I worked at a bar for yeah. a couple years and the whole point is, okay, we're going to make money. Everyone's going to have fun. It's right. not in, Even if it's not an intimate spot, you're going to make friends, and you come back, and we all have a good time. Right. So what was the mentality behind changing everything because social distancing? It had to have been super stressful and like, oh, fuck, well, we got to rechange the plan. I mean, plan. we were
1: open, you know,
3: during the, like, stay-at-home order, we were open for to-go sales the entire yeah. time. So, like, when the time came for us to open up, you know, to the public, you know, we just we all kind of sat down and... You know, really kind of thought about what was going to be the best course of action. And yeah. thankfully, you know, because we work so well as a team, you know, we started bouncing ideas off of each other and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it all kind of came together. Was it perfect at first? No. Is there still things that we could do better? Is there still things that, you know, we could improve on? Of course. But that's, that's everyone. I, but that's yeah. any business at any time yeah. during a pandemic or not. You yeah. know, thankfully, we're just, you know, we're a very tight knit group that, you know, works well together for the most part. And, you know, it's certainly... Sh- Certainly shows in this because we've been getting a lot of like positive feedback from, you know, not only our regulars and like the community of Battery Park, but strangers too. I mean, I get hit up and like Ryan uh, Ryan Bennett, who's one of the owners, you know, he and I kind of monitor most of the social media and we've gotten messages through Facebook and Instagram, you know, from – strangers to the brewery until they came in during the this new way of doing business and they were like, hey, thanks so much. You know, we can tell that you guys really care. Right. Really great yeah. job cleaning everything. You know, your bartender was really courteous and, you know, was very kind even though they kind of, you know, had to show us how to do things. Sorry if we... But it was just, it's very nice to yeah. see people being patient, being kind. Because it, and...
2: it's a learning block for everyone. Oh, right. I mean, you, yeah. you running the place, people going in right. because, again, no one knows what's really going on. Right. Every time right. we have an idea of what's going on, Oh, right. Just changing, goes right down and the toilet,
3: ch- and, and it'll continue to shape in yeah. different ways too. I mean, it's not this isn't this is. There's so many more things this is going to probably turn into sure. mm-hmm. as it grows and cha- you know changes into other things. It's just a, I think it's a you know everybody's best. The best thing I could suggest is that everybody
2: just needs to be, needs to be patient with each other. You got to be open minded and be right. like, okay, we're all out well, of our comfort zone. Singling
3: anybody the fuck out. It's not like you're going. You specifically have to sit at this table.
0: Yeah.
1: But everybody else can just go ahead and do whatever they want. Yeah. And you like, clearly are not on the uh, the Parma community page, so <laughs> I, which that's pretty much all it is. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, <laughs> we
3: have encountered that a little bit where people have been, you know, a little forceful in that regard. Like, well, what the hell? How come I have to do that? And it's like it's not just you; it's everyone. It's yeah. every single person that came it's in. It's here the today. people
2: that are working. You can go to <laughs> right. work if you still have a job. You can go to work yeah. and be stressed out. Imagine doing that but dealing with. Yeah. A bunch of strangers. I mean, once again, thank much.
1: God I'm an asshole. So it's very easy yeah. for me. To be like <laughs> Look, it works out. Yeah. Sit down.
2: There's no, no hesitation. No. Some people have a
1: call. He's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he's definitely seen it. i mm-hmm. I'll be, uh, honestly and it's it's a it's just what you said. It's friendly but stern. Like sometimes you just naturally I think the second time I went there, you were kind of like, dude, I get it, but you gotta go outside. Right. I just wasn't I walked inside. Well, I mean, I, yell, I had to beer. yell at Savannah.
3: Yeah. I mean, even Savannah, who's my yeah. partner in Social Pause and yeah. one of my best friends, you know. Love her to death. She's doing her thing, bopping around, trying to get her dog bowl. and I'm like,
1: "Babe, Savannah, go yeah. sit down. What yeah. are you doing?" It's a lot of his breaking people of just things that they well, right. still just kind of normally do. And right. You have to like, yeah. again, and I don't think most I'll people bring are you trying. i It's just you can't come in here, right. yeah. And so, I don't think most people are trying to do yeah, things yeah. intentionally to piss
3: us off. Or anyone. Yeah. I think people are just, you know, this is a very new way for a lot of people, for everyone. Sure. The, the no? one
2: thing is, this is the point we were talking about it before. It's that. Um, with everything happening right now, we need not only leaders, but people that believe they can be leaders for the right cause. Yeah, the moral I agree, structure. Man. Yeah, action action speak a lot of the words. You could say you're gonna do something good. If you don't do it, now means more than ever because a lot of like a lot of people are at risk for it. Yeah.
1: I mean Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys definitely do it well. You you mentioned well, like you. regulars too. I mean the reason you, I mean, I've met people at Terrestrial because you get a lot of the same people because they yeah, like coming back to a lot. You know, yeah. we're very fortunate. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool place. I definitely recommend, and I'm not even just saying this because you're here, there are three places that I recommend to people when they come, and it's, one is Terrestrial, the other Thank is you. Noble Beast because I also really oh, yeah, like that great. place. And Brian's and, house. No one wants to go there because Brent's there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Forest is the other one that I really like. Yeah, because I do love a great the outside. Too. They're great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those are the three. I mean, you would tell everyone. Obviously, everyone knows Great Lakes, but those are the three. Wow. If they're like, "What brewery should I go?" Right. to? I mean, I think Cleveland's very.
3: It's a very fortunate city for, you know, a lot of reasons. But certainly, when it comes to like the entertainment, bar, restaurant industry. Yeah. You know, great. there's so many great, unique things where you can kind of, you can go to anything you want. Really, there's so much. You could
2: find your spot.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Sure.
2: And yes. even with how like housing and entertainment, like everything, like, right. we know I know a comedian that moved to New York and he was living here for a minute and now it's it's the price for jumping and he knew what was get, he was getting into right. but i was like oh fuck i'm not ready for that shit yeah just
3: don't go yeah. to town hall
2: yeah yeah they blocked us they blocked you they, they didn't block me well, i can still you're shit out of part them. of the gullous podcast yeah so they blocked yeah, us yeah <laughs> so i I was,
1: kind of like, I, didn't, I was i was basically just posting stories right and like and comments right like, Which like, you're, hey, this, happened. freedom of speech, you're, Just, you're allowed you're to do it. this actually happened. Yeah. And then I went one day to post another one. I found out I couldn't find them. Well, you're going to get sued, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're going to get sued. I
2: actually met, a, I, I know a girl who works at Town Hall. I saw her like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw her and she, she comes up to me and she goes, yeah, Brian, I know you hate Town Hall, but I work there. And I was like, Yeah, you're part of the problem. And I started laughing. And then she started laughing and I was like, I'm i I'm kidding. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
3: not kidding though. Yeah. I I was
2: like, yeah. I was yeah, like, I'm I kidding. Work there. Calm down. Because she started laughing. It was an yeah. awkward laugh. Stop. It was like, Oh, right. I want to say something. I was like, say it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, go work. ahead.
1: So anyway, I mentioned we uh, we actually had some some history. Me and Patrick, the guy who was doing the podcast with me prior, were trying to do a live podcast and uh Patrick's like, I'm just gonna mess a couple places. See, Tony responded in about 15 minutes. He's like, "All right." And I'm looking at Patrick like, "I feel like that should have been harder." I, mean, dude, I try not, <laughs> I try not to overcome. Like, oh, Thank man, you, man. I tr- no, you were great. I take,
3: you know, I, I myself and then everybody else at, at Trishville, you know, we all take what we do very seriously. And I know personally, like, my time is very important. I get, I work very hard. When I do have time off, I like to take advantage of it. But when I am at work and I get inquiries and stuff, I try to respond as quickly as I can because people need to hear back about stuff. They have to plan things based on, you know, if they get a yes or a no. So I always try to
1: respond.
2: People need current updates now with social media and everything. I mean,
1: shit, you got to get things going. It was was great. You're like, yeah, of course you can. You guys want to set up over there? We're like, again... Feel like they should have been a little harder. Hey, man, yeah. just, like, you were great to work Let, with. We set you. up at a great night. Yeah, it was. Was it's, it's like getting it weed. Like the winter it, time. It's right? like
2: when you're getting weed in high school. You can't get anyone to buy you beer. But then it's like, oh yeah, can I get weed? Like yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I'm just gonna smoke weed, and not drink.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I I went to high school at a different time. Both were really hard to get. <laughs>
2: Oh, exactly. it's, it was so easy when I, I, I was in high school. Didn't
1: really have much problem getting any of that stuff in high
3: school
2: either. Yeah, it was I pretty. To
1: Eds too, so there was ah, drugs there everywhere. I know so yeah. many. It was either so drugs many.
2: or lacrosse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. Yeah, wrestling, wrestling and hockey. Yeah, yep.
3: wrestling, hockey, and chewing
1: tobacco. Yep. Yes. yes. I yes. played You're hockey,
2: right. so I dipped a yeah, lot. Oh yeah, lots of dipping. I lived I with yeah. two guys San from
1: St. Eds in college, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, dipping and wrestling and. Uncomfortable stories. Yeah. Those are probably some of the guys that are sending you nudes. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. So uh, as we were just kind of talking just about other stuff, Tony brought something up uh, just kind of in our exchanges, and uh, he had mentioned that uh, you are now four years sober? I
3: September 5th uh, will be 5th. four years sober. I just, uh, at the beginning of this month, uh, last, last week,
1: I celebrated three years and ten months sober. Congratulations! Thank you. So yeah. Well, and then we started talking. We're like, this actually might be, you know, we as much as we joke around about everything here. All right. Still a good topic, and it's still a good. And you were very, very, very open to discussing pretty much anything. So yeah. I remember it's the same thing. I've mentioned to Tony twice. He's he said he's cool twice. It's just I, I, every time we have someone on, we just say, Is there anything you don't want to talk about? He's like, Fire away. Yeah. No. I'm. I got no no, no problems. Open here. book. Yeah. If yeah. I can help anybody with my story, I'm certainly
3: down to do it. So, so. Uh, how old are you now? Uh, I, uh, I'm 37 years young. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. 37
2: years. That's already you can already tell a good mentality. 37 years young. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's It's like, right. yeah, happiness, you know? baby. Listen, I'll tell you,
3: I feel better now at 37 than I did at 27 when I was drinking my face off yeah. and yeah. blowing Coke all the time and smoking yeah. cigs and...
1: Well, okay. So let's, that's, well, that's a great place to start. Yeah. So
3: when, when did
1: you like start drinking?
3: Uh, well, <laughs> to be honest, I, I didn't really start drinking heavily until probably... Eighteen, nineteen. I wasn't a big drinker in high school. I mean, as you're not supposed to because you're yeah. not of age. Yeah. But, you know, going to St. Ed's, lots of kids drank. Natty Light and, you know, let's hang out at somebody's house whose parents are out of town in West yeah. Park. Yeah. Get shit-faced on cheap beer and smoke weed. I really wasn't big into drinking. Um, I, at a very young age, prob- I think it was the the summer going into my junior year of high school – uh, a longtime friend of mine, a kid I grew up with, my buddy David Collins, called me out of the blue and said, Hey Tone, I'm going to this rave party. Would you like to go to a rave? And I was like, This, you know, kid at fucking St. Ed's wearing Abercrombie and Fitch clothes. <laughs> and su- listening to fucking Sublime and like Cottonmouth Kings. I was like oh, the cottonmouth kings. <laughs> Yeah, you know <laughs> I was like, Yeah, dude, sure, dude, I'll go to a rave, bro. So he uh that Saturday he came and picked me up and we went to I don't know if you guys remember Euphoria over there. I'm like Berea Road. Yeah, um, yeah. It I was. Know. I mean, it's long gone. It was in the back of these like warehouses. There was a nightclub called Euphoria. My was, uncle used
2: to go there. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you know,
3: it was uh, back in the day. That was like one of the cool spots to go. So there was this rave. So we go there. So I very quickly after that first time fell very deep into the rave scene and like almost immediately started using like pretty hard drugs, like really? ecstasy acid. I had a very serious addiction to crystal meth for a long time. So no gateway for you. You just came. No, out I, I died yeah, right. You, I yeah. ate, I ate <sighs> my first hit of acid at that rave and trip balls for like two days. Um, and then, I fell so in love with, like, the culture and, mm-hmm. like, you know, and plus there's a bunch of hot babes and, like, meeting all these cool yeah. people. You're coming
2: of age and you felt free. Yeah, I do. You're like, I, oh, my God, I'm it an adult. I It's such a I cool can... time. Yeah, yeah. And, like,
3: you know, say, people can say whatever they want about the rave scene, especially back then. There was a lot of, like, stigma behind it. It was all a bunch of drug addicts and, like, you know, no, there are all a bunch of wasted youth and blah, blah, blah. But I will say this. As someone who kind of grew up in that culture, it was, a, it was such a beautiful thing to be a part of because mm-hmm. I met some of the greatest people I've ever met in my life, some people that I still know to this day. Yeah. I saw some amazingly beautiful things. I saw some amazing music and developed an appreciation for, you know, that kind of music. You know, the, the kids call it EDM now, but back then it was just electronic music. But since then, I have yeah. still had such a love for that music. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's so many things that, positive things that I, I took from that, um, you know, that I would never trade for anything. Now, it's certainly led to me doing a lot of very hard drugs yeah. and like at a very young age, you know, doing huge lines of crystal meth on new year's Eve and staying up for, you know, four or five yeah. days at a time, hanging out with 30 year old people. Yeah. Probably it's not, not the good. Safest.
2: But they are great stories for the right person. Dude, I, I, yeah. I
3: could, we could do a whole nother fucking episode. on my fucking <laughs> stories, Man, I, I, I had some doozies. And I had, used to
2: go to EDM like, cause right. I'm, yeah, uh, I used to go to EDM shows like, when they were EDM, right. probably like 2013 to 2015. Yeah. And I felt fucking free Yeah I did I, I explored Molly Yeah the One time Over there And it was fucking awesome And I was like I'm not gonna do this a lot But I was like Whoa I end up Like getting home At like 3am right. And I'm like Oh my god This I is fucking like, I, life, I felt dude. so like almost like, I'm, I'm bigger than myself right. You know but then yeah I, I still listen to the music but I I st- I went away from the scene just because I was like I wow. think that was a coming of age thing. Right. I had to experience it yeah, and, then and I separated know, the culture,
0: myself.
3: You know, I I can't really attest to what it's like now, you know, cuz it's more about like the big festival scene and like well, not now, but yeah. you know, prior to the pandemic, but you know, going to those big huge 3-4 day long festivals filled with EDM artists. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what the culture is now. So I can't really attest to that, but you know, it, it can be a very kind of unrealistic way to live. Like how do you participate in that lifestyle and still like, pay your bills yeah like, you, you can't you can't yeah, do that yeah. you
2: can't live that life and then go to work in the morning well right because every I, I know people that's like that did right. that and then i would see them outside of it and they just looked drained oh yeah like that like, the, like uh, i think i was i was working at a grocery store i saw a dude i, I met him at a rave and we, we every time we saw each other i was like yo what's up mark or whatever his name was and then i saw him when i was i worked at a grocery store i right. saw him he was with his dad he was like 24 or something and he just looked defeated yeah because it, it's like all or nothing sometimes with some people. Right. That's your all, and then you can't balance your life out. Right.
3: With... Well, and those drugs. I mean, if you are using those sorts of drugs, I mean, they're so they take a big toll on your. I mean, any drugs do. Sure, sure, sure. You, you know, need days I mean, off. Shit, we're going to talk all about that because alcohol certainly does it, and then some. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, you start eating all, all kinds of Molly or taking like you know hits of acid. You know, your serotonin levels are all fucked up. You're all, you know, your head's all wonky for days. Yeah. How, how can you? do anything forget to
2: recruit well right yeah right
1: so so you started off a little bit of alcohol yeah so not not obviously it wasn't your right this wasn't i guess to phrase it better i guess did the rave or kind of like that type of lifestyle then kind of amplify the other like did that amplify alcohol you know my little backstory you know both of my parents uh,
3: were big drinkers you know my father has calmed down quite a bit my mom was a very 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 heavy alcoholic for a very very long time um, you know and then eventually got sober was in the program for a very long time until she got dementia that's a whole other story yeah. um, but you know it was always there like the possibility for me to like you know be an addict or in have the genes it was yeah. in the genes yeah, yeah. Like, you know yeah. it, and i definitely think there's a huge factor of that that plays into when people and why people become addicted to things absolutely yeah. anything you know just you have an addictive personality sports or right, it's, whatever it's, any of that yeah. um you know i I didn't, when I started drinking, you know, in like 18, 19, it was more because, I mean, a lot of times it just helped me come down from whatever kind of weird, wacky drugs I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then the people that I've kind of fell into once I got out of high school, you know, they were all drinkers. And, you know, my buddy Tom McCauley, you know, he, he loved his Budweiser, smoked yeah. his Camel Reds and he was my best friend. You know, he, he lived with a bunch of people out in Strongsville. We'd have all these parties and, you know, people would spin records and there'd be tons of beer. So I was like, well, shit, I mean. I'm not doing drugs. <laughs> <So> start drinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, I didn't – At but even then, like, I was never like – you know, I wasn't old enough, so I couldn't do it. But obviously, you can get beer and shit anytime. But I was never really buying beer or anything for myself yet at that point. It wasn't until I really started carving out my career in the restaurant industry where I really started to, you know – Really
2: hit it hard. You and used you. Did, was it like a thing? Like you used it as a crutch? Kind right. of like I had a bad well, day. I'm surrounded by alcohol. Well, right.
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, when I so when I got out of high school, I I moved to New York City briefly. Uh, a friend of mine, my friend Hallie, who I'd known throughout throughout high school, um, her, she was going to school at the University of Cincinnati for fashion design. She had to do an externship in New York City, so we moved there together. Yeah we were only there for like what four months. I think when I came back, um, I got a job or I went back to my, my job at the watermark, which is now collision bend. Mm -hmm. There used to be a restaurant in that space called the watermark. And it was an institution in Cleveland. It was like one of the Mecca, like the places to go to as far as like fine dining, huge restaurant down in the flats, excuse me. Um, and you know, as the flats kind of lost its luster and people started gravitating up to the warehouse district, the Watermark's days were very quickly numbered, and when I got back from New York City, it was kind of right around that time. And a restaurant up on uh, West Sixth and St Clair, right across from Blue Point, it's now Bar Louis. It used to be called the Metropolitan Cafe. Uh, same, pe- it's owned by the- it was owned by the same people that own Hyde Park, all those steakhouses okay. and stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But that was like so you had Blue Point, which was the you know fancy business guys cheating on their wives and drinking martinis and stuff, <laughs> and then you had the Metropolitan, which was you know, all the hip young, you know, the servers wore black and Mm -hmm. like it was like the hip spot, you know. So I saw the watermark in the state it was. I went up and applied at the Metropolitan Cafe. I was twenty years old. I didn't think there was a hell a chance in hell I was gonna get that job. Well, I ended up getting that job and very quickly fell into the culture of like downtown and drinking and partying and which is very
2: easy to get into. And
3: you know, and I you know I was I was far far from I mean, I don't see it, but the charismatic guy that people claim I am now, then. I was still pretty unsure of myself, had a dirty haircut, like, you know, I didn't really have much fashion sense, but I was good at serving tables. I could serve tables with the best of them and then some.
2: Was it that thing where the regulars and the workers were like, oh, he's young and he's cute. He's doing, you know, he's figuring out life. this guy. I remember
3: one of my first shifts at the Metropolitan, this, uh... This dude, Mark Bizak, and uh, he actually is still a friend, someone in my life still. uh, Older guy, quite a bit older than me, and I remember when uh, one of my first shifts, there's a shift meeting, for those of you that aren't in the restaurant industry, called Q Time or, like, lineup. but it's where, you know, you sit down before the shift, you talk about specials and, you know, concerns for the day and things going on at the restaurant. And this dude comes up to me, throws, like, a pile of dirty linen in my lap and goes, what does a 20-year-old know about fine dining? And I was like... Wow, that's that's one hell of a welcome.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's someone that's really pissed off. They've been working yeah. there for too well, long. Dude, listen, I'm not
3: one to shoot my own horn, but I was fucking good. I was yeah. I was very cut out for this industry at a very young age. Like yeah. I just, you know, some people, anybody can do restaurants. Anyone can play bartender. Yeah, but the true, you know, pros in the business, the true craftsmen, and, and the people that really, you know, are the forefronts of the industry. And take the time to like specialize in things and really understand it. That's talent. That's skill, and that doesn't come as easy to anybody. But anybody can get behind a bar. Yeah. And it's like and a LeBron a
2: James guy. thing, you know. When you right. know when someone's focused, like right. you know, on your like your second day when yeah. someone's like, "Oh, table two needs yeah. to be cleaned up." Right. It's like boom. You,
3: and if you go to a restaurant, you know when you sit down, and you got a shitty server. You're like, "Oh,
2: dude." Yeah. God, this guy sucks. It's that first three seconds. Right. You're like, The oh. yeah,
1: Last one. I just had a really bad one. Oh, X, Y, Z. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it happens, man. Yeah. It's, and it sucks. I love XYZ. Yeah, I was, great. I was just there the other day. I, I, I used to work I there. I love it. And, and yeah. I think the, the girl was just so overwhelmed. But she, not to digress, but my wife and I still make fun of her. But like, <laughs> we ordered, and then uh, she came back over. She's like, do you guys want some food? And like, I even looked at my wife like, am I fucking nuts? We ordered, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, in all fairness, I've definitely done that before. Yeah. Hey, I will go back, though. Right. Still, we've we've all been love, there. Right. I've so been there. You guys want to order some appetizers? And
3: they're like, yeah dude we already did yeah <gasps> you mean the yeah that's different? right I was just fucking with you
2: yeah. 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 joke's on you yeah. you thought I didn't know yeah. what was happening she you thought like, I, but she, I did know yeah. she kept
1: fucking <laughs> up Carissa's order she's like "Okay, hey, you want that with chicken she's like no I still don't want that with chicken can you please just bring it with salmon <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, yeah, I didn't cheap. change my mind I, I want the salmon yeah. she's like well you want something else yeah. to drink I'm like yeah i have another beer no. I never got that other beer ah. and I didn't. but I didn't want to bring it up because I felt like it, even she could sense it was already going poorly I didn't want to bring Not more working things out. up like you know what man it's cool i'm tired but right? joe
2: based off i know you i know you still tipped at least 20 percent.
1: i well we've joked around about this before and i'm sure you can get behind this because i buy I, I bartended wait tables for two years everyone should do that for at least six months to oh know dude what that's like yeah the world would be a better place if you need you need to know could. what the other side of that's well, like and, yeah and there's just it, and there's such a humanity to it
3: that you just understand from that sort of like
2: yes someone's working 50 hours a week surrounded by alcohol they have one bad day right let them have it don't give them shit just because you have a business right and at the
3: end of the day people like your fucking soup not coming out as hot as you want it or coming or your appetizer not coming out at the same time as the other people's or someone just god forbid forgetting something as a human being yeah isn't the end of the fucking world like you'll live it's not that serious yeah where you have to like degrade and make people feel like garbage about themselves because your martini didn't have olives in it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh
1: my God. Unless you're you are- at Marble and- Room. I've been there one time. <laughs> I was just, it just wafted over me the sense of, yeah, I was yeah. like, I don't care what it is, no. I'm fucking sending it back. <laughs> well, they make a good steak. <laughs> I'll tell you <laughs> just that. Just Yeah. yeah. i had a good steak yeah. at
2: Marble Room. I think I, the, too. I, I like that. Yeah. I, like I think the worst thing about restaurants is when you do do everything right and you know you did, but the person who yeah. ordered well, just dude, wants to fuck with you, which happens happen, And some all people are time. born complainers. Like, yeah. Like, there are,
3: I, I legitimately 100% believe that there are people that go to restaurants, plant, like, honey, we're going to go and we're going to complain the entire time. Yeah, we yeah. want to get free all food. Right, babe. Good, yeah. good. So, what are you going to complain about? Well, I'm going to say the shrimp cocktail sucks, and then you say your steak's overcooked, mm-hmm. even <laughs> if it's
1: perfect. Okay? <laughs> Like they I want to see the manager. I don't yeah. care. And that right. pisses
2: the whole restaurant off. Even if you don't have that table, I'm right. like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't want to go by uh, table three. All right, and, you all- <laughs> and the <laughs> chef's pissed there. off. What the fuck's yeah, up with that right. guy? And well, then, start, <laughs>
1: then start saying the normal stuff. you like, I want to yeah. see the manager. Look, We've been coming here for 20 years. (laughs) Sir, this is our grand opening. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I know Mike. You know us. And we're not big complainers in the back of their mind like, the fuck you're not. Yeah.
2: Can I tell you my favorite part about working in a restaurant and then when someone's just being an asshole for no reason – once the chef walks out of the kitchen, takes a peek, it is game over. You yeah. know that person is pissed off everyone Every, every single again.
0: person, like, where is this guy
2: at? Yeah, once it gets to the kitchen, he's like, "You know not Fuck that guy. Yeah, don't fuck that
1: guy. Yeah. <laughs> fuck his I'm trying steak. to listen to Tupac back yeah, here
2: but... and this motherfucker right. so is complaining about his man, chicken. Right. the Feel there
1: is no fuck with people handle your food. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. That's a stupid <laughs> it thing ain't to yeah. yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. So you actually mentioned something too. So obviously you really like the industry you're in. Oh here, yeah, but no, but listen. I uh, you know, I you know, we're going to get into
3: it, but my, it being as outspoken about my sobriety as I have been, I've certainly upset some of my peers and some of my colleagues because yeah. I've kind of painted a certain picture in their minds. But yes, we'll
1: get, like I said, we'll get to that later. Well, yeah. I think that kind of plays into, and maybe it did, because, so you're talking about, so you're a young guy. Right. You're a young guy. You're starting to have some fun. Right. You're in a nightlife industry, which it's, again, it's not like my nine to five where right. it's not normal to have beers at my job,
2: where no. it right. might be
1: a little bit more socially acceptable. and. People just well, do it all the time. I mean, it, and now it's something that you really like too. Right. I mean, which indi- play more into the it. places that I worked
3: because I started out at the, like a pretty high end. Like I was just fortunate. My mom worked at the Watermark when when I was young, so like I kind of yeah. had it in there. Sure. But I started out at the very high end of things, like high end restaurants, high end service, high end food. So there wasn't a lot of like drinking during shifts which is very prominent in certain places. Like, you know, like the staff at Terrestrial Mm -hmm. drinks occasionally, you know, we all celebrate, you know, not me, but you know, we're having a great shift. Everyone will do a shot or, you know, in other places I've worked, it's very commonplace and and almost sometimes encouraged. And I think with, with the right amount of respect and understanding of it, it, it actually kind of helps things out, because everyone kind of feels, you know, they're having a good time. It's a party it's mood. Edge. Exactly. As long as things are be, being done professionally, I think that there's no issue with that. Mm-hmm. It's when t- people start to take advantage of it. Agreed. Yeah. Um,
2: which, can, which does happen sometimes. Oh, big time. I mean, and I, that's where the boss is like, hey, point, nah, man, you're I, good. Trust <laughs> me, I have
3: definitely, you guys will hear all about that when, when we get to it later on in this yep. conversation, but there's definitely a point where it goes beyond, and then some. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think how I really started to fall into the heavy drinking kind of party lifestyle of it was, you know, after shifts, you know, we'd make all this money, yeah. you know, I was, I, I was 20 years old. I was still living at home with my mom. My mom was never home because she was doing her AA thing and dating her boyfriend. So I had this house right by Metro Hospital all to myself. I was making two, $300 a night sometimes, yeah. no responsibilities. I didn't have a car. I had barely any bills. Yeah. And I'm hanging out with all these like older people that had, you know, tons of access, knew a ton of people. Yeah, yeah. And I was the young, yeah. young dude on the street. So it was like, oh, well, this is Tony Coast. Let's, you know, so I very quickly made a ton of friends. You know, I, I, I got to know a lot of, you know, and then back then that was very much right at the infancy of like, you know, restaurants have been around forever. Bars have been around forever, but that was like kind of right at the beginning of like the renaissance of Cleveland's kind of dining scene you know that's when people were really starting and even a little bit before then or before that happened people were starting to become a little more conscious about what they ate and like you know giving a shit about food and like quality ingredients Mm -hmm. and not just going to chain restaurants like that's when you started hearing things like chef driven and like you know we want to support you know the small local chefs as opposed to just going to any sort of big you know shitty chain restaurant
2: were these the times when everyone was just drinking belgium beers
3: uh, Belgian beers, Grey Goose martinis, yeah, okay, um, okay. Oh, lots Grey of Chimay, lots of Grey mm-hmm. Goose martinis, lots of Cosmos, yeah, um, lots of Cabernet, lots of Chardonnay. I mean, it was very like, you know, late late nineties, early two thousand, kind of like cheesy yeah, restaurant stuff yeah. you know i just wish Wood i could have i and... wish i
2: could have been there when like someone's like yeah i'll get a martini and you just look at his hair and there's this frosted tips. Oh, dude.
3: <laughs> big time you could still smoke in restaurants back
2: then oh yeah yeah oh, when yeah. did that oh, end? like 2008 man. or something
3: that oh was, no that was you, it was
1: a little before that yeah 2003
3: 2003 yeah yeah because oh. that's when i was working at the metropolitan you could still smoke in the bar yeah, right? yeah.
1: Uh, which that I, is man that is You've never experienced that. It's, I didn't. It's dude, it was I, gross. Well, know,
2: was it a half and half? Like they like half the restaurant yeah, would be. Yeah, but you couldn't. It's no matter. one cared. Restaurants,
1: I mean, think of, yeah,
3: bars. It was just a fucking free. Bar. Yeah. I mean, dude. I even as a, like back then, I smoked. Yeah. Even as a smoker, I was like, thank the fucking gods yeah. that there's no cigarette smoke. Because you go yeah. to, you go to a restaurant, you go to work, and everyone's smoking cigs,
1: ashing everywhere. Yeah. It's like.
2: Dude, this is the worst. It's fucking terrible. It sticks
1: to you. Like, that it, smells yeah. yeah, you
2: walk out smelling like an ashtray. Oh, yeah. Your whole clothes, Especially your hair. If
1: yeah, if you're working in a restaurant bar, so you're handling food, you're handling booze, and you're surrounded by smoke, I mean, your clothes smell like death when oh, you yeah. Oh, yeah. there. It's smells like And they already so smell
2: like death now every time I'd go drinking. Right. Like, I just smell like sweat. I sweat, can't even picture. Sweat, just-
1: and then cigarette smoke on top of that, too. It's dude. so bad. Yeah. And I, I didn't notice it until probably... Probably, I don't know, it probably took a little while after, like, they stopped uh, allowing it. I'm just like, I, and then you go back to a bar that allows smoking. You're like, fuck, I remember how, I didn't realize how much I hated it yes. because I was so used to it.
2: Smelly nostalgia. I mean, yeah,
1: that's what it is. Cause there be still places like there's still places in Akron that just don't dude, there's still places dare. that clean over yeah. you. Yeah, go. they just yeah. like go ahead. You know, five go five o'clock. Go, go kind of there's shit. four people X. in the bar. We exactly. don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah I can't smoke turn it to, up. Can't turn away the four people that <laughs> come right. in here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so now you're so you're kind of again. So you're young, but now you're kind of like hitting your your work group. To, right. Cause I yeah, like I said, I was starting to get to know people.
3: You know. So after after shifts, all right. Well, where are we gonna go? Well, let's let's go over to Mercury Lounge. And Mercury Lounge was like the place to be seen. It was, like, the cool spot. The the, the bathroom attendants sold Coke. <laughs> like, you know, the guys that owned the place were, like, the, you know, they had the cutest girlfriends. They had a poor The one dude had a Porsche. And yeah. it was, like, you know, you went to Mercury Lounge, that was the cool spot. Drinking cocktails, doing shots of Grand Marnier. You know, yeah. some of the, like, the, like, Cleveland, like, Bar- pros, the guys that, the men and women that, like, shaped... Cleveland bar industry worked on West six at that time, yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, I don't want to necessarily name names, but there are some dudes and, and some women down that came from those certain, those different bars that are still in the industry to this day that, you know, w- it was just such a magical different time, but it was certainly a party time. Sure. I mean, I remember yeah. walking out of Mercury. <sighs> I mean, this is, this is, this is when things clearly were starting to get a little weird. But, <laughs> uh, I remember sitting at Mercury lounge bar until about six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning. After being there all you know, last call and because we knew the bartenders were sitting yeah. there doing cokes, smoking cigs, drinking whatever. Yeah. I walk out the front door of Mercury Lounge right onto West Six and I'm stumbling out there with my buddy Joe Martinez. Um he's gonna hate me for saying his full name on here, but uh, <laughs> He's still in the industry too. He works at the old angle.
2: We can bleep it. Yeah, don't <laughs> we'll bleep like half of it. Have a Jumping bit. Joe Martinez. Yeah, <laughs> he's, old old as... yeah he's old.
3: angle. Yeah, he's. I old. think I know him actually. You do. You do. Yeah, Everybody do. knows Joe. Old as, he's old as dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, he has turned fifty. Yeah, that's right, Joe. Uh, <laughs> so I remember walking out the front door, and I of Mercury Lounge, and you know, sunshine and people are getting ready for work, and who's fucking walking down the street going to work? My fucking dad. <laughs> and I, you know, my dad. My dad knew I was, you know, my dad was a big drinker. Sure, it wasn't. He wasn't, you know, naive to these kind of things by any means, you know. But I come walking out, here's my fucking dad walk into the courthouse. It's, you know, his tie on. He looks at me, tone. And I was like, "Hey, dad, <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing?" Oh, we had a big work meeting. work thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, I there's nothing I could say. He knew. He oh, looked right. in your eyes and saw oh, right. it. Dude, I was fucking half in the not half in the bag. I was like, all the way. You in You the were bag. the bag. I, I had just yeah, right. I think I had just done a bump out of a bag, <laughs> and, and we weren't even like la- and we weren't even going home. I think we were going back to somebody's house in Tremont to fucking keep partying.
1: Yeah, yeah. It doesn't but ma- it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're 23, whatever, right. legally. It doesn't matter. You walk out, you see your dad. It's it's gonna. You're like, oh wow. Oh. 6 six thirty, I'm oh, clearly yeah. not doing anything work related. Yeah, <laughs> you know what you did for a living? Well, right, yeah. There's yeah. not
3: some seminar at the Mercury Lounge at seven o'clock in the morning no. on Tuesday. Sorry, not not the case.
1: <laughs> He's probably just walking to work. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, no, you know, you know, you don't think my my old
3: man. You know, my dad's one of my best friends in the entire world. I'm always very very honest about my dad, be it good things or bad things. Yeah, he never said a word to me about it. Never brought it up. You know, I think we went out to lunch. The next week or whatever, and he uh, he didn't even bring it up. Cause why, you know what? What was he gonna say? Yeah,
2: you're you're, you know, you're, was, you're living, you're experiencing. Well, well, right,
3: and I was paying my own bills by that time. I was living in Tremont at that point, I think. Um, you know, I that what was he gonna say? You know, yeah. Nothing. Nothing that was going to help the situation. Yeah. Um. But maybe, honestly, maybe it would have. In retrospect. Oh, if it
2: was your mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, Patty, no.
3: Patty. wouldn't have been
1: down there. But Patty had her own demons anyway.
2: Yeah. She, she
1: probably my Mom's named Patty
3: too. Yeah. Yeah. Patty would yeah. have. Patty would have no, probably. Is,
1: dads have. Well, it's also dads and sons, mothers and so. Like, my. I remember my dad after I, I no Sense in getting into the whole thing, but you know, he was a lawyer, and at the uh, after like about a week or so, he and I were talking about the incident, is what he called it. And he basically was just looks at me. He's like, "You know that was a felony, right?" <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He goes, "All right, and that was it." <laughs> the <That's laughs> other conversation. Shit. My mom and I still kind of talk about it today. Well, it's yeah. just different. Moms are different. Yeah.
3: Yeah. and yeah. yeah. no, and you know, my mom you definitely, you know, knew that I was into things that. I very much should not have been into, but you know, parents never want to think that shit about their kids. Yeah. No. You they know don't. what I mean? Like what they do you don't. do? You go up to your 20 something year old son and try to have a conversation with him about his alcoholism. Like,
0: yeah,
3: you know, maybe, maybe had they, I wouldn't have had, you know, such a far fall that like I did. But at the same time, I'm glad that I did. I don't, I wouldn't be the person that I, I am now. Yeah. Who I'm very, very, very proud of had I not lived my life the way that yeah. I was.
2: Things would, things would have changed, mate, because, um, I mean, like, when I was 21, 22 working at the industry, my mom saw me one day uh, working. It was on Dingus Day in Gordon yeah. Square. Oh, yeah. My mom saw me, and she knew that I was drinking. Yeah. And I was I was super... I'm already a skinny guy. I was really skinny. I was running around hustling. I looked panicked. Right. That night, my mom, like, she called... Like, my sisters called me, like, yeah, mom's crying. She doesn't want you living this life. Oh, and too. my response was, I was like... It's my life. I'm sorry. I love you, Mom, but I'm figuring shit right. out. Which and is like, not what you say to your mom, but you know, also I'm like, hey, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Right. I love you. You love me. Well, this right. is. I'm going to get through this. I'll be fine. Well, what am and- I going to do?
3: Not live? Because, you know, yeah. let me make some mistakes. you got to make some mistakes throughout your life in order to become the person that you're supposed to be. Absolutely, yeah. You know, if you don't do anything, you're going to end up being... Dull yeah and, and you and you
2: and can't a, and also as a parent I'm not a parent but you can't yeah. you can't stop someone from you can't stop a child from living their life because honestly if they don't live it now there's a there's a higher chance in my opinion that they're going to live it eventually in the future well, right. because they were they were hidden from something right. and they want to figure it right. out right
3: they're going to go fucking nuts yeah you know when they actually do get into something and they're not going to be no, they're not going to know how to handle it or they're going to go away off the deep end yeah um
1: but I yeah think, so yeah, there, there's truth to that i, I think yeah. i i just as a, a a kind of a different example. I know a guy that had a kid when he was I think 15 or 16. Yeah. And then, you know, now that his kid is 20 something now, got his own job. Now he's kind of like rediscovering the party life that he never really had. Mm-hmm. Now, he's doing anything really bad or anything well, right. like that, but he's always like, let's get beers. Let's go do yeah, this. Dude, let's yeah. get the bar. I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, I know, but you yeah. weren't tired 20 yeah. years ago well, when you did this yeah. and I missed right. it, so you." All right, but I you go to Marriott's. He,
2: he's hitting a, a renaissance of himself. He's right. refinding himself in in a different period yeah,
1: of time. 41-year-old spring break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I'm good. I'm good on that. Just make
2: sure he doesn't go to Florida. yeah. I'm like, yeah. Or am putting Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, putting uh, bad.
1: Like, yeah, you want a party between like maybe 9 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, but I get, but I, I need an Uber after that. I'm so tired. I'm <laughs> bad. Yeah, <dude. laughs> no, I, I can see that. And then there's also the old saying of you know you kind of got to let your kids stumble. Well, right. Yeah. And I think most parents, if not all, have some version of that that they kind of follow. Like they got to make some mistakes. I can't show them everything. Well, yeah. right. I mean, yeah. you, like like I said, you gotta let they. I mean, I'm not a parent either, but yeah. you know,
3: you have you have to let people learn. You have mm-hmm. to let people experience things. Yeah.
1: You know? You know, do you think with their backgrounds, or have they even expressed like with their kind of their their kind of past struggles that it was a concern of theirs at um, any time? Yeah. I mean, you know,
3: years late. You know, year now sure, that yeah. I'm an adult oh, and everything. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, my dad has mentioned a couple different times. You know that there. My father. <sighs> My father's a phenomenal man and has grown quite a bit since I was a child. But yeah. my father also didn't like, didn't really like talking about stuff, like you know, as a lot of dads do. Yeah. You know, we didn't talk about problems. Nobody had any sort of mental health issues. Like it was just, come on, you're fine. So, yeah. always yes, being now, a man, right? Yeah. You know, now yes, he has certainly brought up that yes, there were times where he was a little concerned, or you know, I would come over to the house with friends and I was clearly, you know, pretty tuned up, and he was yeah. like, Jesus Christ, tone huh? like. You know, my mom, absolutely. My mom, you know, before she got really sick and everything, she, yes, there were very many times where she has had brought up like, Anthony, come on, like, what are you doing with yourself? Yeah. You know, I remember one time I got, I went to a concert uh, on Coventry at the Grog Shop with a bunch of friends. We were drinking all day long, drinking at the show, drinking after the show. Yeah. And then I got in my, I was living out in Rocky River. Uh, with uh, this girl I was dating at the time, and um, I decided to get in my car and drive. Mm-hmm. I was going 98 miles down 90. Oh, fuck. God only knows how drunk I was, yeah. and I got pulled over. They pulled me over. I got off at well, I think 98th is the exit there, like over by West Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah got yeah. off there, turn right. You know, two, three cop cars. Cop comes up to me, license registration, and this is just based on what he told my mom not me i don't remember almost any of it
2: yeah
3: man. um i could barely speak and i do remember him saying if you can get, you need to get somebody on the fucking phone right now before i take you to jail if you can get someone to come up here and pick you up i'll let you go yeah you are so drunk i don't even want to take you in he goes you're not going to remember any of this he goes this is You know, and like I said, this is partly from what I remember and from what my mom told me, he told her. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I remember calling my mom. She came right up with my little sister, got me. I got, you know, didn't get a DUI. Yeah. You know, wow. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Trust me, I would have gotten a a super DUI,
1: but I then ended up getting one years later, which I'll tell you guys about. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Wow. Uh, So, so, I mean, so around that time, like, because I have to think that. With, the, I mean, if if you've been sober four years, and clearly we're still in your twenties, talking about these things. Oh yeah. So you're gonna have, uh, and and we'll I'm sure we'll get into it. But is that something like maybe the next day? And are there a bunch where you're just um, like, where a lot of people were like, why didn't it stop then? You know you what know, I'm man, saying? I, no, no. I I back
3: when that's when those kind of things happened to me, no. Because because alcohol makes you a liar. It makes you a liar to the people in your lives, and it makes yeah. you a liar to yourself, especially. Yeah. Especially when it's more than just drinking, when it's an addiction. Yeah. Please. I think I was, it
2: starts with yourself. You lie to yourself, oh, yeah. and then the pattern. Oh, yeah. No,
3: because I was like... like it, I, I, I can tell you 100% right now, it never even occurred to me that I had a drinking problem. Did I have too much to drink that particular night and decide yeah. to drive my car and go almost 100 miles an hour down 90 at... Eleven o'clock at night and almost probably kill people. Sure. Yeah. But no. Did I have a drinking problem? No, dude. I was fucking. At that point, I had already moved out of downtown. I was working at Lola and Tremont. Yeah. Um.
2: The ego kicked in already. Oh well,
3: dude. I mean, that's we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but I, I ended up waiting on a bunch of people from. Hold on. Let me backtrack a little. So there's a guy <laughs> in the city, Tony and Salmo. He is the owner of Premier Produce. Great place to get produce. Yeah. But he sells. To all the big restaurants. Always has. Well, when Tony got married, he married a woman named Lara, who was a server at the original Lola and Tremont. Okay. okay before Michael and Liz moved to downtown. Okay. Michael Simon was one of Tony and Salmo's groomsmen, and they rented out the Metropolitan Cafe. Okay. I brought that up for their reception. I had... I was in their section. I took care of all the service industry people. I was down in the basement where you could smoke because Lara didn't want smoking upstairs. So I was hanging out with the Lola staff the entire time, Michael and Liz Simon. And by the yeah. end of that night, Liz Simon came up to me and handed me a business card. I remember, I, still wish, I fucking wish I still had that thing because it was such an awesome piece of restaurant memorabilia. Yeah. They, they were these pink opaque business cards that said Lola on them, Liz Simon, owner. That's awesome. She hands me her business card and she's like, I don't know if you know, you know, my husband and I have a restaurant in Tremont called Lola. You know, my staff can't stop talking about you. We never lose anybody. But one of the, one of the servers, uh, Julia was going to law school and we'd love to have you come work with us. And I yeah. was like, "Oh, you know, I was t- 20. I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. I didn't even know what the fuck Tremont was like, uh, yeah. you know, but I was like, sure. Why not? Yeah. Sounds great. Remember Mark B's act that I mentioned? Yeah. Yeah. So that night, (laughs) I go upstairs after I clean up the basement, and I'm, I, you know, this goes back to me being an asshole. I walk up to Mark and I go, Guess who got a job at Lola? And like (laughs) threw the business card. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, you little shit. Do you know how many times I've applied there? <laughs> you, I can't believe you. You just come in here and you get a job. And me and him were like good friends at this point. Cause yeah. this had been through like an entire almost year of me working. At it. So he was happy for me, but at the same time I probably genuinely pissed off too. Yeah. Um, but yes, that's when I moved from, from downtown to Lola. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, and that, I think that was even more of a catalyst for like, because the people, when we all, everyone that worked at Lola, that staff, like Nolan Cleary and Frank Ritz and Rebecca Yodi, some of these people that are like synonymous. With helping shape the Cleveland restaurant scene, like alongside like Michael Simon and his wife Liz, and yeah. you know uh, some of the other amazing people that you know I had the pleasure of working with back then in Tremont. You know that's when like Rocco was opening up Fahrenheit. I mean there were so yeah. few places in Tremont, and that's I mean Tremont's still great and all, but it's nothing nearly as cool as how it was back then. You know, you had these couple cool spots that were unique to themselves and the people that worked in those places, we were like the Kings and the Queens of fucking Cleveland.
0: Mm -hmm. Like we all
3: hung out together. We were always partying together and we were making buckets of money every night. So we were always out. So it was very easy for me to fall very quickly into it, especially then
2: yeah you if know, money doesn't mean anything right that's dude. all that's dude, never I, to, I, I i focus on my money every day right.
3: <laughs> right. i had i had some little apartment in tremont bills weren't that much and when you know lola the original one in tremont that was the place to be you yeah. couldn't get a table on friday or saturday it was all regulars mm-hmm. the menu was expensive the food was cutting edge the wine list was one of the best in the city yeah you wanted to be there and you couldn't be, you know? Mm-hmm. So when yeah. you did go, you went all out and it was hip. It was cool. We were all the funky, like hipster, you know, cool guy, cool women servers. You know what yeah. I mean? So there was a lot that got offered to us through that,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. So do you think that that also maybe kind of hurt with the addiction? Because oh, yeah. it kind of goes back into what we were just talking about. Because So, like, I think you can maybe, like, maybe justify or lie to yourself, like, when you're talking about like say the D or the possible DWI. Right. Because you're like, ah shit, Dodge a bullet there, all I gotta do is just not drive ninety. Right. Now. Yeah. And now you're still partying, doing all those things and you're being offered these amazing jobs. So you can be like, Well, yeah. I'm doing everything right. Right. I, and I'm I'm getting all these great opportunities. They wouldn't give these to a right. guy who had a problem. No. Yeah. And
3: you know, and that actually kinda goes back to something I said earlier about like me being outspoken about the restaurant industry and like sure. and the culture. Yeah. You know, being being a I, I would think all right i think people think this of me being a, a well respected member of the in, of the industry at this point yeah. you know of the cleveland restaurant bar industry one of my biggest one of the things that pisses me off the most or the things that i have the biggest problem with is the, that the restaurant bar industry not just in cleveland in the united states i can't speak for out of the out of the country but it perpetuates and encourages overindulgence and almost the abuse of alcohol and mm-hmm. drugs. It's
2: the culture. It's not a celebration anymore. Right. It's a, it's no, a daily and, thing. And,
3: and, you know, and especially for, like, as someone who lived it, when you're a young person starting out in this industry, especially now when it's so cool and everybody mm-hmm. wants to be a mixologist and a chef, and, like, it's... You know, back then, it was almost kind of like a second choice. Like, you didn't go to college, so you're a server. You didn't go to college, so you're a bartender. Mm-hmm. But now...
1: It's a legit career.
2: People it's are graduating.
3: Well, it and was, then it work- was a legit career then. Yeah. yeah. But now it it's like, have a stigma. Well, attached exactly. to right, exactly. And now yeah. but now like people's mom, you know, their parents are like, My son is a bartender. And it's like, you should have been doing that then, yeah. but you do it now because it is so much more socially acceptable. Yeah, but yeah. you get caught in this lifestyle where it's like, Yeah, of course we go out every single night. Yeah. Well, oh wait, what what the fuck do you mean? Dude, you're gonna go home? No, man, we're going up to Blah, 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 blah. Yeah.
2: And then when you don't, then it well, turns right. into then it turns into, oh man, he's dealing with some stuff. Or
3: you're gonna miss out on something. You're gonna yeah. not be a part of the cool time, mm-hmm. or you're not gonna be as cool of a friend. And it's like, dude, trust me, people out there that are listening to this, you're not missing anything. Trust me. Like yeah. I can tell you right now, those every single nights of sixty dollar tabs at the Southside, sure they were a great time, and I love Sherman and all the people there. But they didn't fucking do me any good. No. All I did was fucking piss away my money and drink way too much mm-hmm. and, you know, jeopardize opportunities and yeah. hurt, kill brain cells. And, you know, you can take a couple nights off. You don't have to continually drink your fucking face off every single night to be a respected and sought after member of the industry. You don't got so, you
2: don't got to lose yourself. You don't.
3: And, yeah. and that's the thing is that you very quickly can, you mm-hmm. know, and, and if my story will... Sh- it, definitely show anything it definitely shows that you can very very quickly especially if you're able to drink and consume and keep doing it and continue to grow in the industry like i did yeah you'll be fucking the biggest
1: drunk alcoholic in the world and be getting offered jobs to run restaurants yeah i mean it's almost like the uh the the uh, it's like a uh, the professional athlete scenario all right you know, like if uh god jesus name one you know, there, there's so many examples of this. They keep screwing up, doing, having problems off the field. But it doesn't matter because they keep getting offered huge contracts. Right. They don't have a ton of incentive. To, people are like, do you think you're not being a role model? He goes, uh, I don't really care because I keep getting well, right. $30, $40 oh, million. I mean, I do, there yeah. are so many times where so, I felt like I was untouchable. Sure.
2: You know?
0: Yeah.
3: I I very quickly fell in with Michael and Liz, you know, who are to this day like second parents to me. I just talked to Michael on, on Father's Day. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I I am so thankful for the relationship that I have with them you know and their partner Doug Pekovic. you know they're people that help shape me into the person that I am, and also attributed to a lot of you know the downfalls in my life, but those were my choices you know sure. they never they never made me do any of the things that I did. I was just, they were just around during that time but yeah. i i'm I am a better man for having known them but um
1: shit, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Well, you were just talking about how you 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 fell into that kind of Lifestyle, with, right, right? Yeah, right. So you know, for All not life sucks, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to end it. No, no, no. I don't want to say that it was them that did no, it. No, no, no. And and listen, by no means do you like.
3: Am I trying to suggest that being an alcoholic or drinking your face off in the restaurant industry like w- got me rewarded with things? Like I was just lucky enough
2: to be able to kind of
3: maneuver through my. Mm-hmm. Ho- my it was a thing to
2: you were so yeah. you were so good at it, and talented right. that by the time the drinking, it was already right. It was already well, second everybody nature. Everybody else was kind
3: of doing it too, so it was like, was I really that bad? It's yeah. an example, but th- this can happen in so
1: many other. It can happen.
2: It happened with comedy. Yeah. I were I got into the bar industry, and then I started. Do- I, I was I started doing comedy. While I was working at the bar. Right. Then I realized, oh my god, all I'm doing is talking right. every second. So I had to, I stopped working at the bar, started doing comedy. And I was like, oh, I'm out of that lifestyle. I slowly caught myself. Oh yeah, after a show, I don't have that much money. I'm still gonna spend that money on beers. Right. And I wasn't getting pissed drunk. I, I mean there were nights where I where well, I right. was. Well, I likes to cut loose. Yeah, yeah. Everyone needs to get wild. But then but then it started being to the point to where I've like, realized in the last like week or so, I'm like, oh man, like I don't do stand-up to hang out with everybody. I do it to be better at it. Right. And some and drinking at the moment has become something that has Faulted that it's right. it, it's gone into okay now now it's a gray area I'm like it's not I want to be good at this right. I want to keep doing it. this is what I love so I need to focus on that right. not and drinking. and that's all that matters right. and I could be drinking in two weeks if I'm feeling better you know but I but I know my lesson I'm learning my right. lesson right I'm taking a face on sober right. and it feels I get it
1: so I guess as all these these things are progressing you're 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 kind of in a pattern you're, you're right. working you're partying right. you're working you're partnering, you're meeting new people you're progressing in your in your career, your right. professional career, relationships outside of that, everything seems to be going good. At what point, cause I know you mentioned there was obviously some, some that are gonna be outside the norm of just going out and partying. Yeah. So at what point did it start becoming the additional harder drugs that are maybe gonna be a little harder well, to-
3: I mean, alcohol most certainly was the biggest sure. thing for me. Yeah. I mean, I was doing a lot of Coke during yeah. all this too, but like I never like was doing bumps of Coke at work or like, I never had like bags of coke just on me. It was always like, "Hey, we're going to after hours. We've been drinking all night. We're gonna go to the Raleigh Inn when it opens at four o'clock, five o'clock." In the I night. love the Raleigh Inn. Oh, in so dude, much. that was like the spot, dude. Back <laughs> awesome. in the day, before they renovated and everything, when you could still smoke in there, dude. We used to, we used to. My buddy Bob he used to lived on uh, um, Literary and uh, West Eleventh, like down there in those condos. Yeah, yeah. yeah he had a condo down there, hot tub on the roof. We'd go back to his place after bar close, drink lines of Coke all night long, Raleigh in baby. It's open. <laughs> and we're at the Raleigh <laughs> until the 12 o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. Sometimes yuck, Yeah. just yuck. Um, You know, I think all that stuff should have been very big indicators that I probably had a little bit of a substance abuse problem and a drinking problem, but yeah. they never were. Now, the, big, the first big, big, scary thing that you would have, you would think to hear the story, I would have been like... That's going to shake you. Right. Yeah. I, it never once Which again occurred to me, but really I'll tell that. you the story. This, yeah. It was my exit from Mike Simon Restaurants. Okay. So working for Mike, Michael and Simon, one of my crowning achievements in my life to this day. I'm still very proud of it. I learned a lot. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say earlier when I said I lost my train of thought. So we had opened Lola downtown. Went off without a hitch, right? Yeah. Opened up, started opening up the B spots. We opened up Roast up in Detroit. I was up there for a while helping Frankie Ritz open that place up. And then I came back to Cleveland. And then I was, then they moved me to Lolita to be the GM at Lolita. That was my last, that was the the last position with them was like the, for like three years, three and a half years there. I was the GM at Lolita. Well, one night, Sunday night, nice busy day, close early. All right. Get the staff out of there. Let's go up to Lincoln Park pub. Yeah, do some drinks, shots, beers, smoke some cigs. You know.
0: Yeah.
3: I think we went, ended up going up to the monkey, bopping around Tremont. Oh shit, well, bar close time. Well, I got keys to Lolita, baby. <laughs> Fuck yeah, <laughs> let's
1: go. Who's coming? You're rolling to, with Tommy. Who's oh, coming? J- <laughs> well, see, but,
3: dude, honestly, like if you if there's ever an example of like somebody that let their let their position and let their like ego kind of go to their head a little bit at that point in my life, it certainly was. Yeah. I was like. 25 six years old no I was no I was a little older than that number 27 but I was like one of the m- well most well-known dudes in the city I was running Lolita which was one of the best restaurants in the city it was where Michael and Liz had their first restaurant yeah. in my mind I was unfucking touchable mm-hmm. I was gonna retire with that company I could do no wrong everybody loved me now that was all a lie because I was unreliable fucking drunk who let people down and was really kind of suffering at work you know and it took me a long time to really acknowledge that you but know, it, like,
2: again it wasn't the focus at the time well, right because
3: i didn't give a shit dude i was fucking i was the,
2: i was the man you're maybe. the king at I that point doing, you yeah. were young and the king right yeah, exactly yeah. dude
3: and and but it was it was a lie it was the alcohol mm-hmm. was making me giving me this false sense of security um so all right yeah let's all go back to lolita i got keys Man, we got booze there. So I I can't even remember who I went back there with. I mean, it was people I knew. Um, I think Kathleen, one of the servers who, you know, is still a a great friend to this day. She actually runs the Spotted Owl, Kathleen Sullivan. Okay. Uh, Chudleen, as we called her back then. That's right. Uh, I think her and like a bunch of other people. Great people. It was people I knew. I just can't remember the rest of them. We all go back there. Drinking bottles of champagne, doing lines of coke, sitting in the office up in my office upstairs. Yeah. So we're there for far too long. We shouldn't have been there in the first place. We end up leaving. As we're leaving, I'm so drunk I can't set the alarm. I set the code wrong. Alarm company calls me because I was the first. I'm all wasted. I can't even speak. Yeah. So they call Liz Simon. Poor Lizzie gets a phone call at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning from the alarm company saying. Someone is at the restaurant. We think it's Tony because he answered his phone saying something unintelligible. I, we don't know what to do. Should we send the cops? What's going on? Well, I leave because I'm like, well, fuck, I got to get out of here. Get out of Dodge. I lock yeah. the door. Alarm's going off. I end up going to, I don't know, some chick's house that lived down the street. Like, everybody went back there. I end up falling asleep on the couch. Yeah. I wake up that following morning in a panic, obviously, because I'm – couldn't really remember what had happened, but then things start coming back to me. Yeah, and I realized I'm like, shit! I got to get to the restaurant. I have a wine tasting for the staff. It was a Sunday, so we were closed that Monday. Yeah. So I jump in my car, I run home to my house in Ohio City. I shower real quick, reeking like booze.
2: Still, yeah, the shower doesn't help. Look
3: like that. <laughs> I throw on some sunglasses. I don't own sunglasses. No idea where the sunglasses came from. Yeah. <laughs> throw these on, um, and I fucking speed into Ohio into Tremont. And as I'm pulling up, I'm like, "Where's the staff at? How are they? Where are they? Like, they should all be outside." Because I got there in time. Yeah. So get out of my. I park in the parking lot. I get out of my car, and literally, like, out, like he materialized out of thin air. Doug Pekovic, Michael and Liz's business partner, like appeared, and he's like, "What the fuck were you doing here at 4:30 in the morning?" And I'm like,
0: uh, "Uh, I
3: had to get my phone charger. I, and I was a." Uh, he's like, "Dude." Tony, this is not the time. Like He goes, I love you like a son. He's like, this is not the time to lie to me, though. Like I need you to tell me the truth. He's like, Liz is upstairs in your office cleaning up cigarette ash, Coke residue, open bottles of booze in tears because of you, you little fucking ungrateful piece of shit. I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but that's what I heard in my head. And I remember at first getting defensive and going – I think I said something like, you know what, Doug, save me your fucking rhetoric, bro, or like something yeah. like, you know, hard. Cause even then, no, no, don't take responsibility for it. Lie and then try to be a hard guy about it. Don't yeah. admit your faults. Mm-hmm. Don't own up to it. Cause yeah. you're, you're good, dude. You're Tony. You're fine. Yeah. So he looks at me and goes, save me your rhetoric, huh? Well, fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. You're done. And I was like, no, 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 Doug, come back here. Let's talk. Come on, man. It's me. Like, let's talk it out. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm going through all these different things. Yeah. And I, uh, Then I started to panic and I was like, dude, come on, like, come on, man, it's me. Like, I'm like a son to you guys. Remember? Like, you can't just get rid of me. Like, I'll figure it out. I'll go to rehab. I'll get treatment. You know, I was scrambling. I didn't mean any of that shit, but I was trying to save my job. You know, I didn't want to lose my meal ticket. You know, this was my thing, Mm -hmm. you know? So he calmed down and we kind of had a little bit of like a decent exchange. I don't really remember what was said because I was so scared and out of it at at that point. But he goes, I want you to go home. You know, Michael Liz and I need to sit down and kind of talk about some things, but go home, get some rest. I'm gonna call you later today. So I go home and uh Aaron, the girl I dated at the time, you know, she's like, Where where, where have you been? You didn't even call me and I was like, I'm sorry, babe, like uh you know Save me, <laughs> save <laughs> me your rhetoric. Yeah, you know, that that relationship was not a very healthy relationship by any means. Yeah. Another story. Yeah. Not something I really want to get into, but uh she uh she was happy, actually. She was like, "I hated that job anyway. You didn't act like yourself. You were more concerned with being Mister, like, cool guy." Which she was right. Yeah. Um. So I, uh, I got home. I think I cracked a beer. You know, she was like, "I'll go up to the store and get us a case of beer." So I start drinking, and then Doug calls me. And he's like, "You know, Tom, we love you, but uh, we're gonna have to, we're gonna ask you to." resign your position after all these years. He goes, yeah. you know, with everything Michael has on his plate, because this was, like, right when Michael was really starting to become, like, he's famous. R- he's yeah. yeah, like, yeah. he had one Iron Chef at that point, Yeah, you know, which I was, like, I was right next to him that day, like, at the restaurant when that episode aired at Lolita. Like, yeah. you know, they were very close to me, you know, and, and having to walk away from that. But, yeah, he's like, dude, it's just not – you know, now's not our, our time to continue this relationship while, you know, that restaurant or that business speak.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, but, you know, I could tell he was super emotional about it. I was super emotional about it, especially because I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I have now burnt the biggest bridge in the city of Cleveland for being a drunk, irresponsible asshole. Yeah. No one's going to hire me. Everybody knew me. Everyone,
2: everyone's gonna know about everyone, it.
3: Exactly, everyone's gonna know about it. And they're not gonna save me any sort of face. They're gonna tell every every single person about what happened, and I'm never gonna get a job. Mm-hmm. So I fucking disappeared. I disappeared into Rocky River, and uh, I didn't work for a while. Um, thankfully, I had some money saved up, and I ended up getting a job at Fatheads because my buddy Ted was one of the original owners of Fatheads in North Olmsted. Yeah. Got me a job. So host, and let me preface this by saying, no job in the restaurant business is more important than any other job other than the dishwasher. Dishwasher is the most important job. But yep. I went from being the general manager of one of the best restaurants in the city, nationally recognized, to being a host at Fatheads in Rocky River.
2: You had to work your way back up. I didn't have any options. Yeah, I get and it. And
3: I was too, my pride was too much that there was, I I wasn't gonna hang my head and try to go and like get a job at any other place. Like I didn't want to see any of the other 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 people that I knew yeah. n- knew, knew what had happened. Exactly. You wanted to restart, right? So You're yeah. like, you know, what?
2: I'm gonna restart. I know everything. Right. I'm just gonna work from the ground right. up, and I did. Yep.
3: But so the point of telling that story was even after that, it still didn't it register, never yeah. even dawned on me that I had a drinking
0: problem. Yeah.
3: I wasn't. It was, I mean, and I can tell you, I didn't even think about it. It w- it d- never occurred to me like dude maybe you should cut back on your drinking, and you know, maybe maybe this isn't really for you like wow man your mom's an addict wow your dad's you know a pretty big drinker yeah yeah no uh, maybe maybe you have a p- kind of a drinking problem tone no no, to keep drinking
0: yeah. keep
3: drinking all the time all the time every single day actually you know how you're gonna get over this you're gonna take some time off work and just get trashed the entire time yeah because. You know, that's what you do. The dude. mentality is like this is yeah, how I can reevaluate. Re- yeah, I know what I'm doing. Right, now. dude. I'm yeah. cool, man. Yeah, maybe I, I work love... was stressing me out. Right, yeah, dude, I <laughs> yeah, love yeah. The work And dude, out. honestly, yeah. Joe, those words fucking left my mouth. Yeah. Ah, dude, my time. Uh, like, my time had come there anyway. I wasn't happy. Yeah. You know, fuck that place, dude. Yeah, corporate, they're gonna be uh, TV. They're not, not as like, great as you think. Well, that right, they and, are and I'm saying this about home, people that did everything for me, you know, especially Michael and Liz. Like people that Went out of their way that gave me, ch- ch- you know, no numerous chances because I had fucked up before that. I mean, not to you know, I'm not going to get into every single little story, but there was a, a time where me and like a bunch of people were hanging out one Sunday. Well, we were out day drinking in Lakewood all night long. What did we decide to do? Let's go back to Lola and have dinner.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
3: not not while they're closed, while they're fucking open. Yeah, with eight people that have been hard drinking in Lakewood all day long. Mm-hmm. At brunch, so we're gonna go to Lola downtown, fancy fucking restaurant at like eight o'clock, trashed as the managers, and yeah. sit down at a table. Frank Ritz was up in the wine cave pulling out bottles of wine. We were hoot. I mean, I got suspended for a week yeah. after that. But even then, you know. But Michael and Liz looked out for me. They were always there for me, and I fucked those people. Well, they back.
2: they also they. I mean, they, I don't know about their they. They've been in the industry for so right. long. They were probably there, or they've seen it before. Oh, yeah. So like, all right, they, we're going to handle it like this. And if they care about you, which they obviously did, yes. they did as much as they, they could. They did. And, and listen, That's great.
3: they could have, sure. Could they have cut me another break? Sure. But what would that have led to? I could have fucked mean, yeah. Who knows? I could have made dead. it worse. Or yeah. uh, you know, I could have burnt the restaurant down yeah. or fucking, oh, I don't know. It, it, it definitely was there the right call because I didn't deserve that position anymore. And I didn't deserve to be a part of the growth. Yeah. I see that now, but it took me a long time to kind of like, cause then I went through a point where I was like, man, I really needed them and they turned their back on me. But that was me trying to make excuses yeah. for how bad I felt about just being mm-hmm. a fuck up. You're, you know what sure I not mean? There. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah it goes back to, to again, there. it always no. goes back to the line right. to yourself and yeah. then it, and then it no, goes dude, to the line. Totally to other people. It was like, man, yeah, dude, I, they, I needed them. They turned their back on me. It's like, dude, come on, Tony. You know that's not true.
2: Yeah. And was there was there always that voice inside that was telling you that and you'd push him oh, aside. Yeah. You'd be like, "No, you're stupid, Dude. man. I'm smarter than you yeah. are." Years later,
3: that voice was there every 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 single day. And like yeah. we'll get on cuz I we're not quite to that point of the sto- like yeah. of my spiral out of control.
1: Well, well kind of like you said, you're going to you have a ton of stories yeah. just like that. So right. how like I me mean, get us there? How how did All right, well, all right. So yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll kind of jump through a couple things though, so I did. I, I didn't want to rush. I'm, no, 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 no. I mean, the, we only got so much time. No, no, no. no it's cool. I mean, yeah. I, all the time in the world. This all is right. incredibly interesting. I, it's, it's the, I, it's kind of like when you said like there's a bunch of stories. Like, right. oh, I know because I know people. Yeah, that have yeah. And, and not even even just like in a drinking. Drug type. I right. mean, people. You talk about that internal voice that justifies. Everyone has that. Oh yeah, everyone has I think that. It's part a relationship, of being a human being, you have to. Yeah, you the, mess the up the a inner relationship for something else. You're like, yeah, but
2: yeah, you. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, she wasn't cut out for. You know, yeah. have a
1: problem in school. That teacher's out to get me. Right. People mm-hmm. have this internal voice for their kids. for everything. Right. I've heard people say things like, well, yeah, I mean, he flunked out, but man, that principal hated him from day one. Right. Yeah. It's like, it has nothing to do with. Yeah, him. you were just Un- didn't want
2: to do any fucking work You can't. If you get, you can't control yeah. other people's thoughts you control right. what you control
1: right and that, imagine if we
3: just all actually took a second and listened to that internal dialogue Bluff. how better off you'd be yeah sometimes you know
2: sometimes that yeah. those
1: voices uh probably other the times
2: good. the anxiety yeah. just like no listen yeah. to me every time right, right. right. No, you <laughs> gotta do what i say yeah, i'm just yeah.
1: curious like how so, so th- this has you probably so that, that you were 25 you uh said? well at that point i think i was 27 27 okay okay so so we're we're that's what's crazy is yeah that you're still years
3: away oh, oh yeah i mean it's just I mean, I'm 37 now. This yeah, was 10 years I mean. ago. Yeah. So that's, that's I crazy. leave Mike Simon restaurants. I hide out in Rocky River. I get a job at Fatheads, hosting, serving here and there. And then f- thankfully, f- I mean, not whatever. It, it just so worked out that a, a woman that had been there with them since the very beginning took a job working for like Lay's potato chips. Yeah. To deliver chips,
2: getting out of the industry. I don't know. I don't know. I absolutely, had yeah. one of those. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. no, just anything else but right. the industry. Right. It's actually
3: kind of funny how things go full circle. But yeah. so I, I, I go, I'm working at Fatheads, and then she leaves. So Ted puts me right behind the bar,
2: right? Yeah.
3: So I, I, I and, and you know, I was drinking like crazy, drinking yeah. like crazy at Fatheads, working at a brewery, like yeah. you know, going to fucking uh, Fairview Tavern, and you know, having. $200 tabs with, you know, my buddies there on $2 column nights. Imagine that. Your tab's $200, everything's 2 bucks. Yeah. That's a lot of drinking.
0: Yeah.
3: That's a lot of drinking. Now, granted, yeah. I was buying drinks for, like, a ton of people, and it was other people on the tab That's and That's still a skill still to a get lot. to $200. Oh, dude, two shots like every drink. fucking yeah. 15 minutes, dude. Shot, shot, shots all the time. Um, But my drinking didn't stop whatsoever. It just kept going, like, hard. Yeah. Like, drinking, drinking, drinking. But I I wasn't, I wasn't, I, dude, I did not set foot in Tremont. I did not set foot in Ohio City. I did not set foot in downtown. Like, I just couldn't. I was embarrassed. I didn't want to see those people. Like, I was, I was perfectly happy with the idea that that place didn't exist for me. Never happened. Nope. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to be brought up to it because I was so embarrassed because I, I had fucked up. Yeah. that was never going to openly acknowledge
1: that mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. So, but but to, to your point, there was still something deep, deep down. that oh, you yeah. knew. Oh yeah, because you didn't want to see him. So. Th- oh yeah, I was embarrassed, man. I did. You yeah. know how how embarrassed I
3: would I would have been to walk into one of those bars and someone's like, Hey, so what are you up to these days?
1: Oh, I'm working at fucking Fat Heads on a serving table. <laughs> well that's what like so you don't want to see them because in your mind you're telling everybody like no 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 i was done with that place yeah things. i'm good because really if any of that was true on the surface you would have no problem oh, running yeah. into them right. because you're be like nah you know what they're like yeah they're dude They'd fuck like, them no yeah i know yeah. what they're like and that's not yeah and you fucked up that, that's the interesting yeah. kind of dynamic that you have in your head right. in those scenarios because justify 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 but deep down you're like I don't want to fucking see those people cuz no. I, I actually do. Yeah, yeah cuz I fucked up. And that and that's part of, that's, that's what's crazy yeah. about yeah. The, like living that kind of in a way double life. Well, I mean, you're living a lie, man. Yeah, you're living for sure. in, you know, and you'd rather keep drinking and keep being
3: that person as opposed to actually taking a little bit of responsibility and going, "All right, man, like
2: yeah.
1: maybe you should uh." And that's the big one too cuz like right here you say it, of course you have, you 100% understand well, yeah, that, no. that that makes no sense, but right. even back then no. You're like, I don't want to not forget that stupid. I don't want to Right. I mean, even my dad, dude, like talking to him about
3: it. Yeah. You know, I even lied to him and he knew, I mean, he's my father. He knew I was lying to him, but you know, um, but yeah, so fat heads, great time, loved working there. I ended up getting fired from Fatheads, uh, not because of my drinking. Believe it or not, that, that I actually Okay. <laughs> uh, plot twist. Tweet. Yeah, right? yeah. So, <laughs> no, there was a there was an older woman that worked at Fatheads, um, and I, I'll leave her name out of this because I believe she still works there. Who was a buddy of mine when I first started working there. She like befriended me really quickly, and like I thought we were good pals. And uh, because of my experience. Uh, Ted, the the one of the owners, had asked me if I wanted to start locking up a couple nights a week. I still bartended, yeah. But he would go home, and I'd lock the the brewery up and like put the money in the safe, blah blah blah. Right? Yeah. No big deal. Threw me like you know a hundred bucks every couple weeks for it or whatever. So the one night she comes up to me to do her checkout, and she's like. Hey, I really need to get out of here. Can can you like come on? I need need you to take my money. And I was like, hey, all right, fuck face. Like, just relax. <laughs> yeah. Like jokingly. I wasn't saying I wanted to fuck her face. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't saying anything like, but you know, she was I she had said and joked around with me about like far worse subject matter where I didn't think anything of it. Like it was a different, you know, Sure. Mm-hmm. It, we were b- busting chops. Yeah. The next day she went to the fucking the bosses and complained and said that I, ca- I because I was managing that day. I created like a hostile work environment for her. And what do I do? I can't, I can't dispute that. You know, like, it was said. It was said. And and I acknowledged it. I said, yeah, I did say it. But honestly, like, you know, we were joking around. And like, there were other people that, cause she retorted and said something back. So it was kind of like a back and forth, but they ended up shit canning me because of it.
1: Damn. Yeah.
3: I, I was like, fuck, dude. Like, the hits just keep on coming for Joey yeah. Coast, man. Like, <laughs>
1: that one, I think you could be like, I have no problem seeing the people from Fat Hacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, I, yeah. No, I was bummed yeah. out about losing that job because that job was rad. Like, I made a good amount of money. Like, it was fun working out there. Yeah. Beer yeah. was good. Food I know m- things were going to come up all of a sudden. Like, you want to fire me? This is nothing. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. You know it. what I'm I will John give like. you yeah. a reason. <laughs> I mean, you give, in yeah. fact, I'll so close keep up me. tonight. Right. Yeah, you yeah. right.
3: You heard that Lolita story? I will
2: give you a reason. Right. Oh, dude, And the yeah. rumors
3: that started, like, and to the to this day, certain people that like are detached or are a little younger from that that period, the stories that and rumors of my exit from Mike Simon restaurants, there are still people that like I'll get I'll run into certain people sometimes and they're like, So dude, what really did
1: happen to you were like oh yeah, yeah. dude. it's, like, it's yeah. folklore now. I mean, because dude, I mean listen. that story has probably changed a hundred oh, yeah. times. Yeah. Did you hear about how Tony Coast
3: had like the whole staff from Diamond Men's Club in the in the restaurant and like he, there was like lines like ball. he was dogfighting. yeah dude office. seriously
2: yo, like yo him and Braylon Edwards yeah, got wasted in yeah. the <laughs> office the one time yeah dude there
3: there are there seriously have been some, some weird things brought up to me about that story oh, and sure. how it's changed but yeah. I mean whatever I don't really.
1: Play into it at this point. But yeah. So I end up leaving Fathead. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I do love the fuckface thing. Especially because your reaction like, I didn't actually want to fuck your face. Well, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, listen, I've never been like, you know, an
3: aggressively sexual person like that. And I certainly didn't mean it like that. I was just
1: like, eh, oh, know, 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 yeah, fuck. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Fuckface. Yeah. like, like someone it's, fuck I'm busy face right now. Right. It's like, you know, I mob. i this week. It never even yeah. dawned on me. I
2: only call people fuckface on Twitter. Right.
3: And it's, you know, like, I actually, like, because a lot of the staff that work works at Fatheads, yeah north homestead have been there since then yeah and like some of the like people that work there be, if i go in there hey what's up fuck fate <laughs> like,
2: so i mean you know it yeah. is what it is
1: well that i mean the, it, i mean if there's any anything to at least make you feel good about at least that situation that just means that everyone's like they can joke around with you because it's so dumb well it was yeah. a pretty fucking stupid thing like yeah.
3: i get it she, the woman was entitled to feel the way she did and i can't That's take that away it was from justified her. Yeah, and, yeah. No, and nor nor would i ever yeah yeah But at the same time, like, I think we all knew I didn't mean it in, like, this weird,
2: aggressive, kind of, like, sexual That's a big gray area within, like, yeah, I get that. So
3: I lose that job, and I'm like, fuck, man, like, what the fuck? Like, what am I going to do now? Yeah. So I end up getting a job at Redstone Battery Park.
2: Oh, no shit. You worked at Redstone? No way. So
3: Josh Cabot, who was one of the owners of Redstone. Yeah. uh, It was him. Uh, so the four owners of Redstone are Josh Cabot, Tommy Nealon, Fabio Salerno, Lago, and then uh, Tyler Lombardo, who was one of the owners of MVP Valet, okay. which is now sold to a big national company. Yeah. But MVP Valet was
1: like all w- e- uh, West yeah. East Fourth, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. M- you know what's funny about MVP Valet is that I know the guy that started that.
3: Well, that's Tyler Lombardo, yeah.
1: and his. I mean, he might have had a partner. He did because it, it, it was in college. Yeah, uh, his name was Jeff Dorsey. Yeah, 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 yeah they're, they're, they're they're the two guys. I went to college okay. with Jeff. And it was I Tyler think, and Jeff? I think eventually Jeff stepped. Jeff's like in living in Michigan now. Yeah. Sure, uh, it's funny. I'm on a text chain with him now. Still, yeah, so some somehow sporadically, it's funny that every time I see MVP, I feel like, oh my god, my buddy kind of yeah. Heard yeah. That. yeah. But, did you work
2: they, the Did you work the comedy shows at Redstone? Um, or was that but was that before or after? So it was like I Ramon Revis, Jim Twos.
3: No, because I think they like Josh and Tommy mostly had like. There were like two specific bartenders that worked the comedy shows. I oh. never did, and I, but but that was like when like a lot of my like ugly drinking started. Oh, if that makes okay. any sense at Redstone? Yeah, because like I didn't have any money. I was like, I think I was living back on like the couch at my mom's. So what? So what
2: was going on? Like like I what just, was what was the ugly drinking? I, I don't know.
3: Like I just was. I was working at Redstone. I wasn't making a ton of money. I was just getting fucked up like gross yeah. fucked up all the time. My car was all banged up like Bog. the 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 length of my drinking was really starting to take its toll. Yeah. And I didn't have the benefit of like my connections and like money to like cushion it and make it seem less. Gross. So
2: this has been like, reality started right. hitting. It was just
1: gross. Yeah. And maybe it's getting a little yeah. harder. Yeah, and I was kind
3: of yeah. maybe mentally coming to terms with it a little bit, but yeah. I, I still wasn't coming to terms enough with it where I was willing to, like, stop at all. Yeah. You know, it was still like, I'm still going to go out every night. And then, like, then, when I got fired, when I was I was back, I was in town, back by downtown. You yeah. Know, I was right there.
2: Inching so, closer.
3: So I was working at Redstone. I'm like, all right, well, people from Ohio City bars are coming in. And this was a new... Yeah a new wave of people. These are people I didn't know, but yeah. knew me kind of.
2: Yeah. So you could tell they heard the rumbling. Right. Look at them. So they look at I'm, you differently. Right. So then
3: I'm like hanging out at the old angle again. And then I'm at the ABC again. And then yeah. I'm starting to pop into Tremont. Wouldn't set foot at Lola or Lolita. Absolutely. Yeah. not. Never doing it, not doing it. Right. So hanging out at Redstone and then, One day at Redstone, a buddy of mine, my buddy Darko, Darko Marankovic, who was like one of the most talented bartenders, true pro in this industry, uh, taught me a lot, has taught a lot of people in the city a lot about bartending. Um, He and I actually kind of came up in in the industry together, but he went more the bar route and I went up more into like the like management, like hot, you know, running restaurants. He did it too, but he was always more focused on like cocktails and like learning about spirits and stuff, where I was more about like the business side of things. Not that either side's more important, whatever. Anyway, so he he comes in with a guy named Nathan Burdett, who was a bartender occasionally with me at Redstone. I only kind of knew him through there. And they're sitting out at the bar, and Darko looks at me and he goes, so Tony, you ready to come work for me? And I was like, yeah, dude, what's up? What do you got? And Steve Schmoller, a chef owner of Crop, was moving Crop into Ohio City. Okay. Oh, okay. And Darko's like, I'm gonna be running the bar program. They told me I could handpick my bar staff. Nathan's gonna be there with me. He mentioned you right away. Like, you're one of the best guys in the industry. Blah blah blah. And I, you know, in my head, I'm like, am I one of the best guys in the industry? Fuck that. I mean, I'm. I don't. I'm. Yeah. I'm a shadow of what I used to be, and I'm fucking an embarrassment, but okay, this could be a way for me to, like, fall back on my feet. You know what I mean? Like, all right, back into, like, going hard right back into Ohio City, baby. Opening up this beautiful restaurant and in a bank and marble and new glassware and cutting-edge this and crazy cocktails, and I'm gonna fucking just nail this, right? Yeah. So I did. I did just that. We opened up Crop.
2: Hell yeah. Killed
3: it. One of the best restaurants in the city. It's a far cry now because Steve sold it to fucking Bobby George and, you know, it's like a mon- uh, money I laundering. I forgetting how many different,
1: ah, Yeah, like I mean, because Steve, that,
3: you know, it. God loves <laughs> Steve Schmoller and he's a great guy and everything, but that dude lost his fucking mind and moved to Italy and sold, you know, the, his restaurants and, you know, it. Crop was an amazing, in those first two, three years that I was there, an amazing, amazing place. Uh, but that really kind of allowed me to get back on my feet. And when I got the job at Crop, I actually was doing all right. Yeah. I, sure. Was I still drinking my face off? Absolutely. But.
2: You weren't untouchable anymore. I
3: wasn't untouchable anymore. But and I was getting also, a
2: bit of a resurgence. Right. I was,
3: I was starting to earn a little bit of respect back. Back yeah. like in this good place. Right. I was like, hey, I was doing good. You know, I was, I was doing the cocktail thing. Sure. I was making friends again. Yeah. You know, I, I you know, wasn't. I was doing all right. Now, that's not to say that I, cert, you know, I still was drinking all the fucking time. And I was doing a lot of coke. And I was definitely not living up to my full potential, to say the least. yeah. And, yeah, I mean, there were there were times where I fucked up at, at crop too. Like we all went out the, like the whole staff, we were all out on on west twenty fifth. It was snowing out back snowing like crazy. And in the back parking lot of crop, there was like a big a telephone pole with one of those big wires, like an anchor wire keeping it up. yeah. I had to jump in my car, fucking go over that, sparks flying everywhere, rip off the side of my car. God damn. Oh, dude. (laughs) My car sits on the side of the street by crop for like two weeks, all fucked up. Even more fucked up than it already was, my car, this little Civic I had. I bought it brand new, was all
2: beat to shit. Yeah. And Hondas so, last for like three hundred right. years. So my
3: dad still has the car; it still yeah. runs. Really? It's like yeah. oh, the body. It's a up. Honda, you, Joe. Dude, next time, yeah,
2: next,
1: days, dude, you next
3: time, you could. I go, to the ground. Yeah. next time I go to my dad's, I'll send you pictures of the yeah. fucking body of this car. It's destroyed.
2: You could take the it's, engine out of a Honda oh, and you wouldn't notice. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like that's how it's good Hondas are. Yeah,
3: that car out the exterior of that car is destroyed. Yeah. But you know, I started. So like, yes, was I making okay money? Was I still like a lead, not a leader, but still someone in the industry that had a little bit of respect and was acknowledged for his talent? Sure. But my car was all beat up. I didn't really have a ton of money saved because I was drinking all the time. Yeah, I was barely managing to hang on, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I uh, I was living in Tremont with my buddy Jeff, my buddy Jeff Pearson, uh, who is also an incredibly heavy drinker. Um, like, and he actually got sober. The one Thanksgiving, um, I remember I was, uh, I was with uh, a woman that I ended up being with for almost seven years, Melissa, uh, her and I were, I think it was almost like our first Thanksgiving together or something like that. And I remember getting a phone call from Jeff's girlfriend and she said, Hey, I'm taking Jeff to the hospital. And I was like, what happened? Are you? She's like, his liver is shutting down like he turned I guess they were at her parents house and he turned yellow like jaundice and was like dry mouth and like he was having like liver failure from like severe severe alcohol oh shit how how old uh, he was uh, Jeff's a a fair bit older than me I think I was you know I was 30 maybe at that point Um, so I think Jeff's like Twelve years older than me, so he was like four mid forties. Yeah, if, I mean forty two. Oh. If, if that's, that's still true. young.
2: Yeah, he but oh, real the, young. The amount of
1: damage you have to do.
3: For oh that. yeah, no. Yeah. Jeff was like, and I knew it. Like I was a heavy drinker, but like Jeff would get up in the morning, and I would because he, he worked at a hair salon, so he you know, had to get in for his early morning clients. But yeah. he'd wake up in the morning, he smoked in the house, which fucking drove me nuts. But I, I would be in bed, normally oh, so hungover, and I you know hear him light up a smoke. And then I'd hear something like a can crack. Yeah, he was drinking like four Locos in the morning.
2: Oh, <laughs> <smoke> <laughs> the stairs, uh, I don't want to laugh orders. at that, but just the idea of someone drinking four it's Locos just... in the morning—anytime
1: that comes into a story, it just right?
2: yeah, yeah. I was I, I was at Kent State when I was twenty. Right. <laughs> I did that before. Yeah. So yeah. he
3: would drink four Locos in the morning, and then he would go to work at the salon uh, right across from Johnny Mangoes, and like in between clients, he was going over to Johnny Mangoes and like just ripping shots of Jim Beam.
0: Yeah. And like
3: just he just drank all the, all 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 the, all the time and he's been sober ever since that. Uh, and I, I I lived with him and still drank. I told him I'm like Jeff, I'll move out if you want me. He's like, "No, dude, I need you to keep doing your life. Like don't worry about me."
2: Yeah. Um I got a really good friend Really good friend. He's like, sure. I'm working on my shit. Right. You figured your like, life out. You know,
3: you would figure that may have been like a wake up call. Yeah, ah, like a glimpse no. into your future. No, no like yeah, I would hide my beers in like the bottom, like produce free thing yeah. of the fridge, so he wouldn't see them. But no, he stopped drinking.
2: Was it on the outside? You're, you're like, okay, yeah, I'll stay. But on the inside, you're like,
3: yes, yeah, oh yeah, because I want to leave. I, yeah, I didn't, yeah, Didn't have any money. It was a down payment on a on an apartment? No way. <laughs> yeah. You know, I Me and him, we got a good thing going. Um, but. You know, I started. Uh, things started to kind of slip through the cracks again, and then I got a DUI. I was, boy, man, this this is. You guys are going to laugh when
1: you hear about. Well, you might not laugh. You might actually cringe. But
2: I'm sadly a comedian. I have to laugh. No, I want to – no, listen, man.
1: Like anybody I'm just that more like I can't believe this would be your first after all these yeah, stories. Shoot, please. I mean, I, just dumb luck. Yeah, big time. So I
3: was. It was a day off. And I was with my buddy DJ, and my buddy Utah, and Melissa. And we were... Great group was, name, by the way. Yeah, Utah. DJ,
2: Utah. Yeah, yeah. Doug- <laughs> Douglas Arthur Hall Jr. If you didn't tell me the context, I'd be like, oh, guys, so this is a Marine unit.
1: Yeah, or Butter, <laughs> as we call them. So we're invading yeah. Cambodia. Yeah. yeah, right. It does yeah, sound like Full Metal Jacket like or something. For your yeah. like that CLT. scene from Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. 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 Let's go, Joker. Cleveland, right. Yeah.
3: Uh, so we're downtown. We are down at Flannery's drinking on the patio big shots of whiskey think we're drinking like magners or who knows well then we're like oh let's keep fucking drinking so we walked down to greenhouse tavern a couple shots of Fernet, a couple black labels some animal fries wasted so drunk we had no business being anywhere other than at the old home. angle. No. Yeah. Um, at the old angle. Always. No, no, they'll still tell you. Yeah, right. Old I'll angle stay. is home, damn and it. Old <laughs> angle was always my base. Still that still. was yeah. my base. Love yeah. the guys at the angle. Love you dearly. I know I'm talking a, a little place. bit of shit, but you know what I'm saying is just as true as what I'm saying. Old right? angle's great. Yeah. Love the old angle. I do too. All those guys, Larry, Kurt, you know, Sandy. I love you guys dearly. Anyways, um, so I get the car out of valet. Melissa was so blacked out drunk, there was no way she was driving, and I don't think Utah had a car. And DJ. I think he rode his bike down there. Yeah. So the three, us, yeah, the three of us Yeah, three of us <laughs> jump in the car, get out of LA. And then I I think I drove through caution tape. Like the cops were like oh, blocking shit. off the street at Huron shit. and something. And I just like went through. And so next oh, wow. thing you know, I look and there's a motorcycle cop behind me. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, listen this. But, but listen, I don't yeah. even pull over. <laughs> oh. I just stop in the middle of the street because I was at a red light.
1: Yeah. On
3: Huron?
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. Because why?
3: Yeah. Because oh, why pull over? Man. I'm already stopped. Oh, my God. So I put the car in park. <laughs> cop comes over. What are you? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh.
2: Get out of the car. Oh,
3: and I'm like, all right, sir, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not trying to cause
1: a problem, man.
3: He's like, you're drunk, aren't you? I'm like, yes, sir. I'm very. drunk. (laughs) It's honesty,
1: though.
2: What am I gonna do? What am
3: I gonna do? There's no getting out of this. I'm going to jail.
2: Yeah,
3: I'm lying, and there's no field sobriety. You've lived your life
2: before this. You're like, yeah, I'm drunk. I'm drunk. No, I said flat
3: out. Look, yes, sir. I'm very drunk. You know, um, my girlfriend's drunk. We're all drunk. Well, of course, fucking Utah starts running his mouth.
2: So, Utah. So they throw
1: me in handcuffs.
3: Whoa. They throw him in handcuffs. Fuck. Then they so they put me on the side of the the, the road. They're on this what do they call that a sidewalk. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> they let Melissa go, which was the worst idea. She ends up falling down. She went to Blue Point. Kept drinking. Whatever. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, and so. They were gonna let Utah go, but he, as he was walking away, he started shouting shit at the cops. So they ran after him, tackled him, and arrested him again. So they take me in, they take me downtown. Okay. You're going downtown. Yeah. So they get me into the processing thing, get me booked in, you know, breathalyzer, all that shit. So I'm sitting there in this little room with these two cops after the breathalyzer, and they're both kind of looking at me. And they were like younger cops. Yeah. And they're kind of like, they're looking at the results and they're kind of like smiling at me. And I was like, what's going on guys? You know, and they're like, you drink a lot? And I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of drinking. I drink mm. a lot. And they were like, because normally when people blow a point three zero one or a oh, point. What the oh, fuck? Oh yeah. Yeah. I blew a point three zero four point three zero four is what I blew. That's how drunk I was.
2: God. Holy shit. That's like, that sounds like a, that's a comatose number. Oh yeah.
3: Clinically unconscious. I mean, unless they were lying to me. 0.304. Cops look at me and they go, do you realize that every single person that comes in here that is as drunk as you can barely speak? He goes, you just stood on one foot and took the shoelaces out of your shoe without any problem. Still didn't acknowledge the fact that I had a problem.
2: And the inside, it's probably just like, yeah, I'm a champ. Oh, yeah. So what? Oh, yeah, dude,
3: for sure. There was definitely like this sense of like (sighs) the most pathetic pride you could ever muster. Like, because why I would have ever thought, oh, yeah, that's something to be proud of.
1: I mean, come on. Again, we've said it multiple times. You hear something like that. You know, in those types of states, you're not going to have the reaction where you're, like, instead of saying, like, holy shit, yeah. these guys would yeah. know, they, they're they telling D- you you have a problem. D. Yeah. And you're like, hey, fuck. Yeah, so I was strong. locked up. I, yeah. I got thrown yeah. into, yeah.
3: you know, I was in jail for, I think, I don't know, 30
1: hours. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay.
3: Well, it I felt like that long, but it probably really wasn't. I don't know. I, 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 was, in, I was in jail through that night. Yeah, maybe well, like All your friends me. were either in jail, too, or Well, drunk, I had to call so my dad. Get to get I had no idea had where the, lo- yeah. the girl I was dating, no idea where she was, because she was just as drunk. Yeah. Um, Utah was locked up with me in the same cell. Yeah. And DJ, you know, yeah, thanks a lot, DJ. Yeah. Um, he was at a rave. Right. No, <laughs> right <that> was, <laughs> yeah, right, he was at a rave. I had to go full ah, circle. <laughs> Funny. I didn't just, to the base. I'm terrible. So I ended up calling my dad. From the like phone in the f- jail,
0: yeah,
3: yeah. Dad, uh, yeah, I'm across the street because my dad worked at the courthouse. He's right across the street. Yeah, yeah, Dad, I'm uh right across the street. What do you mean you're across the street? I'm at I'm in jail, Dad. I got DUI. I'm I'm like, can you get me the fuck out of here, please? So my dad and my mom, hours later, end up getting me out, and uh, I end up getting a good lawyer uh, through some connections in my in the restaurant industry. Yeah, uh, my buddy Frank Galucci. Was a longtime attorney, ends up getting me hooked up with this guy. Uh, what's his name? Something Marianella, some attorney who was like on the board of the Berea Police. Uh, something was it of Tucker of some, and Ellis? some guy. No Jimmy Marianella, something like that. Bad Misney wasn't around. Yeah, Misney, he'd time. make a yeah. pay or whatever. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, boom, hey, <laughs> hey free plug for you, Misney. Give me some Dreamless. money. Yeah, there's Dreamless. that plug. This <laughs> podcast, give me some money. Um, anyways, uh. He so he ends up getting me off because I had like a super DUI, yeah. failure to stop, all that. Like they were trying to like, the, I got charged with a lot of stuff. Yeah. All I got charged with was a DUI. So this a regular DUI. Yeah. So I, I ended up like I had to go to that like three day,
0: thing. Like the DUI weekend. Oh, dude!
3: Yeah. And, like the the fucking the hotel I went to was on Brook Park by the airport. There were people swimming in that pool.
2: Oh, it was nice. I know what hotel you Oh dude, there about. was like this little
3: bar. I'm like, why <laughs> would you send a bunch of drunk people to a 3-day DUI camp to a hotel with a little skeezy bar in it? Cuz a bunch of the fucking idiots at the camp snuck out and went to that bar yeah. and like did karaoke and shit.
1: Oh <laughs> man.
3: <laughs> and I remember so my my like roommate was this like old grizzled like he was on his like seventh DUI or something smoking cigs like every five seconds racist dude and like he was sitting there just like really going at some serious racism and like I was like I gotta fucking just kind of I gotta live with this guy for a couple days yeah I'm just gonna I'm not talking to this guy yeah I clearly don't share any views with this dude I'm just gonna sit here I'm gonna watch my tv I'm gonna smoke my cigarettes yeah and I got through it but even after that Still, still didn't even acknowledge it. I do think after I got out of that little, like, three-day camp, I think I I did end up stop drinking, though, for, like, I think, like, three months I stopped drinking. I think I, like, the girl I was with, like, was really upset at me. I think, like, her parents were really bummed out at me, and I was kind of like... Maybe I should just cut back on drinking. Yeah. Maybe, maybe give it a little bit of a break.
1: But even then, it's But not because I
3: have a problem. Right. Just because, you know. Other people have a yeah, problem. Yeah, I got a DUI yeah. and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to drink again. Yeah. You know. So I stopped drinking for maybe like three months. And then went right back into it. And I, th- I left crop. I got a job. I opened up El Carnicero with uh, Eric Williams. Oh, okay, okay. Um, see, like, my career, baby, I've been, like, just doing it. It's, it's, it's like, amazing. Yeah. I'm a drunk fucking you, guy, but yeah. you've been with. Again, but I, it goes
2: back to the talent. I mean, if you if you know how to make money and you're good at what you do, it's hard to say no.
3: Dude, dude just think about, but think about had I not been a fucking embarrassing drunk, I would be fucking king of the restaurant industry. If yeah. I would have just not drank my face off and squandered every bit of potential I had yeah. during that time, I'd probably have five of my own restaurants yeah.
2: right now. But and you'd be like, "Hey Bobby George, fuck yeah, I'd off. Be like, you know this what? is my time."
3: Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, yeah. pal. <laughs> I
2: wouldn't do that anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we all will. <laughs> but I so
3: I end up I end up going and opening up El Carnicero with with Eric and uh, that I will say even though I have just told all these stories about crazy, wild drinking, yeah, that's when, like, I really, looking back at it, that's when it really started to
2: get, like, bad. Was it the responsibility of owning, like... Well, I didn't run?
3: actually have any sort of ownership. Okay. Like, I, I did open it up with Eric, but, like, it was all his money. I was just there to help him kind of, like... Get the ball rolling. Get the ball yeah, rolling. Yeah. As a manager, yeah. you know, like, he very much treated me uh, initially like... A partner, like mm-hmm. he was, like very, 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 like, hey, Tone, let's do this together. Let's actually DJ, my buddy DJ. <laughs> I mentioned yeah. he actually, me and him were Eric's opening managers. No shit. Okay. okay. Um, but uh, like that's when I started, like, really, like, like before it seemed a lot more like social drinking, just to the like, the most exaggerated degree. Yeah. But at El Sarah, I was like. Drinking, like, coffee cups of tequila, you know, like, during shifts and, like, just every single day of my life.
2: It was full self-loathing.
3: It was just, it was, every day was drunk. Every single day. Yeah. Day off, drunk. Work, drunk. After work, drunk. Everything was drunk, 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 drunk. And I almost, to be completely honest with you, I almost got fucking fired from El Carnicero, within the first six months because of my drinking. Yeah. We, uh, Eric got us tickets, um, a bunch of the staff, uh, tickets to Taste of the NFL down at the stadium. Yeah. You know, all you can drink, all you can eat, party time. Well, of course, we all go down there and just get fucking destroyed.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, as we're walking out, Randy Carter, uh, who was one of Eric's, like, main guys, chef at Momocho, guy who opened up Jack Flaps, those are now closed now, those are closed now, but, he was with us. He and his wife were all trashed. Somehow me and Randy got in an altercation, got in like a fist fight in the parking lot. And like Eric like suspended me and him, I think, for like yeah. a week. So I almost got fired right off the rip from mm-hmm. opening that place almost because of my drinking. Yeah. Eric did let me come back. Um, you know, and I ended up, Eric and I ended up kind of having a falling out like quite a, like a year or so later. I ended up leaving that company, but... That my drinking was definitely way accelerating at that point. Like yeah. I was starting to like like h- d- hide how much I was drinking.
2: It was the beginning of the end. Right. Of. It
3: really was cuz I was I was already known for being a huge drinker socially, you yeah. know. Like that yeah, Tony Coase, he likes drinking, you know. Yeah. Him and his girl, they like drinking. Yeah. All his friends, they like drinking. But then I was drinking in secret. Like, you know, when we were making dinner at home you know, we're having a couple glasses of wine. Oh, I got to go out to the fridge. And I would like chug a fucking tall boy of twisted tea or whatever. Yeah. It really didn't matter at that point as long as I had booze or Something to get you there. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the faster the better. Yeah. You know, so if it's something that's not carbonated, like twisted tea, that was like my bread and butter. Dude. <clears> yeah. I fucking love those things. I mean, it's so gross to say that now, but. Yeah.
2: At the time, yeah. Yeah,
3: God, were they so easy to chug. Um Been there. So. This the next bit of the story is really where the descent really started to happen f- big time. So yeah. I left our El Carnicero and I opened up Bomba Tacos and Rum, okay, okay. and River. And I'm sorry because that's
1: happened a couple of times. So how do you keep getting involved in opening these? So, and I don't I, I don't mean that in a because no, no, it, no. it's kind of a twofer in terms of. Yeah. Clearly, you know how to open these because people keep coming. Well, back right. To you. I mean, yeah.
3: like I said, like like I said very early on in this. I started out in the restaurant industry at a very young age at a very high level, and I met everybody. Okay. And working for Michael and Liz and being as close to them as I was really kind of afforded me the keys to to the industry in a lot of ways as far as, like, opening doors. Like, yeah. everybody knew me in one way or the other because of my relationship with Michael and Liz. Okay. You know, I was around all, like... All the restaurant owners all the people that own restaurants yeah. all the chefs all the people that managed or you know being the gm lolita everybody went to lolita yeah. you know everybody went to lola and i was there was tony i'd been there for a long time yeah. you know that people had seen me grow up so bomba the how i got in there buddy of mine sean latona director of operations for paladar restaurants when they were opening bomba i submitted a resume it was right around the time i left el Carnicero. I go in for my first interview. I was supposed to meet with a woman named Courtney, Courtney Messick, and then uh, Angie Moser, who's the uh, head of their um, their HR department, still is. So I come in. They decided like a trailer because the restaurant wasn't even built yet. Yeah. And uh, they say, uh, or I think Angie said, "Well, yeah, Tony, hi, thank you for being on time, blah blah." blah. You're actually going to meet with Sean, and I was like, "Sean? Who the fuck, Sean?" She's like, he, "You'll recognize him. He said when you see him." Well, there's Sean Latona. One of my regulars at Lolita, you know. Wait, is, he, is he
2: the guy with the the, the beard? He's and got the, a beard. Like red red beard.
0: Uh
3: yeah.
2: Uh, the guy that does a, like the, the videos and yeah, everything. Yeah. Yeah, I that, know Sean.
3: Sean has been with them since way, way back in the day. And at the time, Sean was uh was sober. So he was a sober dude. Okay. Uh, for a very, very long time. He still drinks, he drinks now, but in a very limited, you know, very responsible way. Yeah. Um so, yeah, I come walking in. He's like, oh, it is you, dude, Tony. He gets up, gives me a hug. Dude, I can't b- – you just want a bartend? And the GM, that th- this guy Brian, Brian Patterson, is sitting right there, and Sean's like, dude, I wish you would have fucking applied like a week ago. I would have hired you instead of this guy. And I'm yeah. like, okay. That's, yeah. uh, that's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> no, don't say that. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's not cool. Like, well, but okay. <laughs> yeah. A very uncomfortable moment. Thank you for that, Sean. Um, <laughs> but I – um." So I end up, you know, getting a job, bartender at, at Bomba Tacos and Rum. Still drinking all the time, still drinking all the time. You know, I'd leave my shifts, walk down to fucking, uh, what's a, what's it called? Uh, Burntwood. Uh, yeah. And they'd, do, they'd <laughs> pour me these shots. It was like a rocks glass full of fucking Jameson. And I'd have like three of them, you know. All right, yeah, like yeah. I'm feeling great, love this shit, drinking, baby. Ugh. So... <laughs> But because of my re- – so here you go. This is another – just like you just said a second ago. So based on my experience, based on my resume, despite all the shit I just talked about, within six months of being there, opening Bombas as a bartender, I was a general manager.
2: Again, it's the thing of like – At the very you, least,
1: yeah. I mean, obviously it got you to where you are, and it, ultimately it's a redemptive good right. place, but – clearly you're good at your job, drunk or sober. Right. Yeah. You know, obviously I, I guess. preferably sober. Or I'm good at just
3: bullshitting
2: yeah. people. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't I mean, know. It's, it's gotta be the thing of like, you are good at what you do, but uh, also it's, you take it home with you. Right. And the stress yeah. builds and eventually the yourself, you right. collapse because right. yeah. the worlds get mixed but up together.
3: That's Never curious. should have taken that job. Yeah. Never should have taken that job. That was a big mistake. And I knew it going into it, but they kept offering me more money like Sean offered me the job and I was like no and yeah. then a couple of weeks went by he offered me the job again and I was like dude I'm just cuz I knew excuse me I knew that I was not in a place that I could do because cuz Paladar the you know the people that own that company are great people and I'm very fortunate to have the friendships I have with them but the way that they run their business is very much in a corporate setting yeah it has a lot of the Positive elements that of the corporate industry and some of the positive elements of like small chef-driven restaurants, which is why it's such a good company. But like the bookkeeping and the numbers and the percentages, which is not a. At the time, I didn't have a lot of experience in that stuff. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that stuff. Yeah. But I took the job because they were like, dude, here's fucking almost seventy grand plus bonuses and benefits. And I was like, well, fuck, fine. Can't turn fine. that down. Sure, sounds good. Yeah. Why the fuck not, yeah. right? Well, within within not even three months, I was out the door. Didn't get fired, I left. Because this is too corporate for me. Not, and that wasn't the case. Looking back, if I was this guy, the sober Tony, I could have done that no problem if I would have just applied myself and learned. Yeah. But I wasn't, I wasn't about taking any sort of responsibility for anything. I'd been just for the past you know, almost 10 years, I haven't done anything, any sort of taking responsibility for anything. Yeah. yeah I'm starting now. I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. I'm just going to get the fuck out of here. It's too corporate. And I remember like standing in front of the staff who was so happy to have me as their general manager. Cause we all work so well together. And I was like a peer and I yeah. was happy. Like I was so excited to be, be the, the leader, which is
2: know? a rarity in yeah. the industry. No, trust me. Man, Everyone I'm, works together. You're like, well, today was a good right? day.
3: And I was, I was so fortunate to have that opportunity handed to me. Yeah. Um, and I remember standing there going to the staff that was like really confused how I went from like so gung ho to do this to leaving so quickly saying, yeah, guys, you know, they'll find the right person for this job. just not for me. Like yeah. their corporate thing. And it's like, that was such bullshit. That was such, such bullshit on my part. Yeah. Like, I, like it just, it, that bums me out so much that I, I lied to myself and then in turn lied to all these people. Mm-hmm to to make excuses for the fact that I was just a drunk irresponsible dude. Yeah. You know. Well,
2: so you,
1: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, do you just think if uh for you started at a young age at a high level? Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, even with all these things that are happening on the outside of these restaurants and on the outside of these bars, you're still getting offers yeah. You know, some you like, some you don't. Right, but well, you're still getting offers because you're good at oh, it. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, just imagine if this one part of your life wasn't right. It. Think about, I mean, you're I what did. could have I kind of yeah.
3: skipped over it because it was a pretty like a, a small. I mean, it's not actually if you look at like what it really was. But uh, I there was a, a point in time where I was going to move to Chicago when I was still at uh, Fatheads. Yeah. Uh a, a couple friends of mine from my earlier... Actually, a, a girl, uh, this girl, Katie, that I knew from the rave scene and this dude, Alex, who I knew from the bartending scene here in Cleveland, yeah. they moved to Chicago. They were working at, like, super high-end restaurants. She ended up working for Bar Louie, but Alex was working at Graham Elliot, which the chef from MasterChef, Graham Elliott. No way. Yeah, so he has a a restaurant, one of his first restaurants in Chicago is called GE, Graham Elliott, and now has three Michelin stars at the time when I went there to do my stage, which is like a, you know, see if you like the place, shift, like I was, I think I worked there for three days, I think they only had two Michelin stars, I got offered a job at a two Michelin star rated restaurant in Chicago, with the amount of drinking I did, Based on my resume, I ended up turning it down because they wanted me to be there with like in two weeks. And I'm like, guys, I have a car. Also, though, I failed to mention this, I'm like, I don't have any money because I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. There's no way I'm going to be able to go with the depleted, gross person I am and go to move to Chicago to do this super high end job. Yeah. Anyways, um, but like there were things that just kept coming up, you know, despite it, which is so, you know, to look back at it, it's almost kind of like,
1: why? Like, yeah. didn't anybody like look at me? I yeah. think I bet you. My guess, I don't know, but I think that a lot of people sometimes will take because I'm sure that you know at that point there were stories. Yeah, everyone. And there were. Do. Yeah, and I'm I'm guessing a lot of them were looking at and this. I think goes back to your skill in the industry and in these type of restaurants that your good outweighed the bad, and they're like, look, obviously he's got this or whatever right. we've heard about this, but. He's worked at, and you can rattle off five different places that he's helped open up. Yeah. We know he knows how to do this because people keep asking right. him. Like you said, your resume. Right. People may not know everything about you, but they understand right. right. your resume. Yeah. And they're like, he's clearly done
2: these. He things. He knows what yeah. to
1: do. Right. And, he, and
2: Everybody he, knows him. Yeah. yeah you're he, good at the business aspect. Right. You focus on the business aspect. You just you said or, earlier. You know, maybe so, even,
1: Maybe yeah. even they looked at it and said, "Yeah, we've heard this, but how bad can it be?" Well, right. If he, he keeps getting these jobs, he's done.
3: Well, right. This. And, like, and like I've said before, like I have people have always told me I'm fairly charismatic so i could always like sell myself in one way or the other like yeah, i yeah. always said like you let me get in front of you
2: it we're gets, golden let yeah. me Very... talk
3: to you i mean you guys have that too sure. you know yeah. what i mean i've always been good you know with speaking like if i can get get in front of somebody chances are i can sell myself or yes. what i'm trying to yeah. say so a lot of times i was fortunate enough to, because of my because of my relationships because of the people I knew I could at least get that first meeting and then it was like well fuck fine
2: yeah, yeah. you know
3: so jumping back to like leaving bomba I was gonna initially go back to crop and then like I went in there for one meeting with with uh Steve and his partner uh, business partner Scott I was like, no fucking way. I'm good. Because I could see the writing on the wall there. Like, Steve was losing his mind. They were opening up all those restaurants. I'm like, there's no way this is sustainable. Yeah. Like, you can't open five restaurants in less than a year and, and at that level and expect them all to succeed. What
2: is it? If, you, if you're going to start a chain, you, you, what, you, you. Probably get, like, two years for the first one, yeah. at least. No, I mean, he right? opened
3: up, so he opened up Crop, and that was so successful, they opened up Crop Kitchen, Crop Sticks, that open-air concert venue, Crop A Canna down so at Whiskey much. Island, and it was like, dude. I didn't even know there were that many. No fucking no. way. And then, there were, no, and then there was another one, uh, something else out on, like, uh,
2: by the Beachland. Uh
3: Crop universe—I don't know—some weird thing
2: with like a cooking class. I don't know, but they all close. That's like having five yeah. kids at once, right? So they, yeah. <laughs> they so I ended up taking yeah. a job.
3: I ended up taking a job uh, with two guys who own a number of places and are you know. And once again, here you go working with amazing awesome captains of industry uh John Owen and Dave Rudiger the guys that own Southside and High and Dry and uh, 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 dive yeah. bar success that's Dave Rudiger he's you know the guy that opened up dive bar downtown and uh, Velvet Dog like we're talking like Oh no she big, owns all those places big, big, big no. places yeah, big you know these places, these yeah. are the guys that have shaped this business you know mm-hmm. people that have been doing it since before it was cool that made their bones that are super successful now so I got a job they gave me the job as the general manager at wine bar rocky river okay
0: yeah
3: um and i should have known i should have known right from the rip that it was not where drunk alcoholic tony coast needed to be because you yeah. could drink that's part of their culture you know and it's fine they're they're welcome to, and like clearly they're successful so it's not that's yeah. i'm not saying that as a as a slight to them by any means yeah but like you know you go to the south side Bartenders are doing shots, they're drinking, partying, blah, blah, blah. It's a good time. You go to any of their bars, same thing. Yeah. Wine bar was definitely not a place that I needed to go for a couple of reasons. One, because you're allowed to drink. Two, the staff at wine bar had been there for a really long time. So the reason they were having a hard time finding a GM is that nobody wanted a GM there. They wanted to do their own thing. Yeah. So trying to throw some outsider in there. Never worked, so it's they a were like, of they were, yeah, exactly. They were going through GMs every like year, year and a half. So they were like, Well, Tony Coase has got a ton of experience, he knows a bunch of people, he can do this, right? Yeah, and I come to find out, like, quite a few months after I got hired, that Dave did not expect me to last that long at all because of stories he had heard, yeah. But he gave me it because you know, like, my friend Jill, who had been with them forever, who at the time was running market had been at Southside forever. She worked for them forever. She spoke really highly of me. Sherman, the owner of Southside, spoke really highly of me. Yeah. You know, I had these relationships. And even though I'd fucked a lot of people over, even though I'd made a lot of people upset and I'd let a lot of people down, there were still people that were still going to bat for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Which,
3: you know, I'll talk about this more later. But it definitely was something that and to this day still pains me is like how much I let people down that like constantly went to bat for me yeah. you know constantly said good things about me and then i constantly let him down being a fucking drunk so yeah. definitely i regret if you're listening i definitely fucked that up anyways so i took the uh, working for them i actually didn't have that bad at, at first i did i had a hard time getting in with the staff yeah But after a couple months, it seemed like we were all right. Like they were like, all right, this guy, guy kind of knows what he's doing. He's taking the right approach. We're all kind of becoming pals. Yeah. And then I just, and and I, I'm, I'm going to say that what I'm going to say is by no means me trying to like excuse myself from what I did and how much I drank and like how bad my drinking got. But I think looking back at it, my mom has dementia and like at this point can barely speak. She yeah. can't feed herself. She lives in a home in in Brunswick. When my mom's condition really started to really get bad, I don't think no, I don't it's not that I don't think. I didn't take the time to really like think about it and like process it. I think I kind of just buried it. Yeah. And my drinking went even f- worse. Like,
2: way worse.
3: Yeah. So I know, like, this picture I painted so far, it already sounds like, how can anyone drink any more
1: but than this guy's That's something. probably from what you
2: can remember. Oh, yeah. Trust me, you can. And I'll but tell you, you how you can. You something
1: massively oh, yeah. emotional to someone oh, yeah. close to you on top you can drink of everything more. else you have. Because I was... Turns out you can go farther. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. like,
3: I was literally to the point where, like, it wasn't drinking because I wanted to anymore. I was drinking because I had to. Like, I, if I didn't drink, I would start to shake. I would start to sweat. It's I would try that bad medicine. Even, uh, Big time. I mean, remember how we talked about that little voice? Yep. I would literally have moments in the morning when I would get up to go to to work at wine bar where I would look in the mirror as I was dry heaving because my body was going through withdrawal with my poor little dog, Oscar James, my fucking anchor, licking my, like, I'm going to get emotional, licking my legs. Like, I would have these moments where I would go... Dude, you got a fucking problem, dude. Yeah. Like, you can't keep doing this. And every single time, guys, like every fucking time, I'd go, "Yeah, all right, so Monday."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. So a deadline. Not yeah. today. The I no. just
3: kept moving. No, fuck yeah. no. There yeah. was never a deadline because you, you can you you can never really understand if unless you're in that position, how difficult it is to really actualize that shit in yourself yeah. looking at yourself and going dude you're a fucking piece of shit alcoholic and actually like acknowledging it is damn near impossible because i had that's those, death yeah i've had those conversations yeah. i've had them i had them every day yeah as i was like shaking and throwing up and then like all right well oscar i love you dude your dad dad's going to work and like honestly and i've said this a million times since i got sober how I managed, that last six months, how I managed to function out in public with as much alcohol that was in my body is beyond me. Yeah. I have no fucking clue how I spoke to people, how I made a schedule, how I did inventory,
1: how I could anything. Because, yeah. I, sounds I, like well, it was pure I, autopilot. Oh, dude. And I think, well, you kind of just alluded to it there about the, the, the shakes because... Your body becomes so accustomed oh, oh, yeah. to it. It actually needed oh, yeah. it to do anything. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean you I take would... it out of the equation at that point, you probably wouldn't right. have been able no, to I, I... without medical help.
3: Right. Oh no no. Yeah, you could die. I mean yeah. yeah. alcohol withdrawal can it kill can you. Shut you down. Right? Yeah. 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 So I would literally go into go into work sometimes, especially on, on the weekends when we opened up early. I would literally for a shift where we opened up at ten, I'd go into work at like seven o'clock in the morning just so I could start drinking so that when the staff got there I was fine. And yeah. I'm not talking about I'd go in and have a glass of wine. I would go in and like pour like a pint glass of wine and then a rocks glass of like 110 proof green chartreuse and drink both in 10
2: minutes. Then be yep. I and got like, this. Right. Kind of so I'm off. good. Yeah. I'm good. Maybe yeah. I'll
3: maybe I'll puke real quick in the office trash can. I will lock yeah. the door so nobody can come in here cuz I'm going to puke though cause, Yeah, you know that's normal, right? You know, that's, that's good. That's good restaurant work. I'm yeah. going to puke real quick.
2: I'll be good, though,
3: because that definitely happens.
2: It's, it's that workout. Oh,
3: yeah, dude, seriously. Yeah. So, and this is where, like, the real tragic, not that all this other stuff isn't tragic, but this is where, like, where it really started to, like, so I, I would get so drunk during shifts that I would need to, like, sleep yeah. because I just couldn't function i yeah. had so much alcohol in my body i didn't eat so we'd be like kind of in the middle of a shift like so or like in between lunch and dinner shifts so we have that little wall yeah well at wine bar rocky river there's like a little attic space above if you ever go in there there's like the ceiling's a drop ceiling and above that yeah is this old attic that spans like the entirety of the building cobwebs dust spiders centipedes gross yeah but storage well, in the very back corner, way through this little crawl space area, there was a bunch of old patio furniture. What a great place to make uh, a fucking bed. Oh, man. So I would crawl up there. For probably good three months, I was doing this. Crawl up there and sleep, up, sleep it off. I'd go up there for like an hour sometimes, sleep. I, I remember one time waking up, because you could hear everything going on in the restaurant. Yeah. I remember waking up to the sound of Dave Rudiger's voice, my boss, the owner. Yeah. Talking to Shannon, who's now the GM of Weinmar, yeah. Going, where the fuck is Tony? She's like, oh, he he said he was going to the bank. Uh, I don't know. He, he he said he had to get change, and he was. I remember him going. That guy really likes going to the bank. Interesting.
0: <laughs> and I was just
3: like, okay, well, Tom, just kind of don't move. I'm just gonna lay here,
0: <laughs> yeah. okay?
3: All right, sounds like he's gone. Just very slowly open the 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 hatch to the the you know crawl space here yeah. walk down the stairs sit down in your office chair and then when someone comes in oh Tony where have you been oh I I, I got here like ten minutes ago yeah you guys didn't see me I'm sorry I, I just I went to the bank and you know I've just been working on blah blah blah
0: yeah did
3: it all the time did it all the fucking time and then I there was a shift I was bartending when someone needed the day off so I I was playing doing GM but I was also bartending. Drinking, 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 drinking. Night shift gets there, and I was like, oh, i got to go to the bathroom. So I I had the bright idea of I locked the stall. I I was like, yeah, I'm pretty tired. I'm going to lay down on the floor in the bathroom of Wine Bar, Rocky River. And I put my feet up on the wall, and I passed out. And I woke up, I don't know, 45 minutes later to my bar back. And uh, a woman named April, who was like one of the employees that had been there forever. Yeah. Going, sir, sir, you can't like sleep in here. And then looking at Carlos, I look over to Carlos's face, looking underneath. And we met eyes and he went, oh shit, that's Tony. (sighs) And what do you do? What do you do at that point? What do you do? Right. You just got caught sleeping on the floor. Of a bathroom in a restaurant that you run. Yeah. What do you do? Right. So I get up and I kind of sit on the toilet and I like do do like this, hands over my face, kind of thinking about how do I lie? How do I how do I make this up?
2: How can I get out of it?
3: Yeah. What do I say? I
2: I hit my head. I slipped. What do I do? It's not going to work. Nope. You're already out of
1: them.
3: Yeah. So I sit there. And after someone came in, I think Carlos came back in because he and I were pretty good pals. And I think he, everyone had to have known that I was like, I mean, come on, you, you, people aren't blind. Yeah, yeah. they don't care, so they don't say anything. It's not their responsibility, so why would they? Yeah, or they're they're they don't want to say anything because what if they're right? You know, yeah. so. Or any other number of reasons why. Nobody had a responsibility to say anything to anyth- any me anyway. It was I was the fucking idiot. I'm the one that was making these horrible fucking decisions for my life. Yeah. So I finally opened... He came in and he checked on me and I was just like, dude, I, I don't... He's like, Tony, it's okay. Like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah. no. <laughs> I mean, yes, but no. He's like, all right, well, I don't know what you're... You you can not sit in here. Like, you got to come out. Yeah. And I was like, all right, so can you just give me a second? So I like threw some water on my face. I fucking opened the bathroom door and I ran into the office sat in there for like 45 minutes and then I was just like, well, you just got to, well, no, I had a fucking huge glass of vodka. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, all right, you just got to go back out. So I fucking put my head down and I fucking went back out there. I jumped behind the bar. People started asking me about stuff and I was like, guys, I don't really want to talk about it. It's been a long day. Like, I think I just kind of passed out. I don't know. Yeah. Got through the shift, got through the Sunday shift. Um, and then that Monday, I was there to do inventory, and and I knew it was coming. John and Dave come walking up the driveway from their office down the street on Linda. Yeah. Hey, we gotta have a talk. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they sit me down. And they're like, what the fuck's going on, dude? What the fuck's going on? You, you gotta you gotta give us a reason here to not like just tell you to get the fuck out of here. And, and this fucking guy fucking looks at them and goes, guys. You know my mom's condition and blah blah blah, and my mom being sick, and and it worked because they didn't fire me. They gave yeah. me they gave me a chance. You know they gave me a break. Yeah. They told me to get some sleep. They gave me a couple of days off, but I wasn't fired. They got it. And, you know, John and Dave, they've been doing this for a long time. They know what's up. You know, they're not yeah. stupid. So, um, I go home. You know, tail between my legs. All right, here you are again, Tone. Here you are again. But I kept drinking. Yeah. Kept fucking drinking, cause why stop, right? I mean I couldn't. But yeah. but don't yeah. don't try to do anything now. But the option know. still isn't. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. The option mm. isn't to stop drinking. When was the option to stop? Oh, it's you're about to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. It, it, there, this is the end. This is the this is the final straw where I just I knew it was either stop drinking or die. Yeah. So I go back to work, couple weeks go by, maybe a month goes by. And I go in for a Sunday brunch shift, and I still have these Uber receipts in my email because I just couldn't. I couldn't. I wanted to keep them. Yeah. I got. I left for work at 7:45 in the morning. I got to Wine Bar Rocky River at 12:03 or 8:03. Yeah. I got so drunk from 8 o'clock in the morning until I'm going I should probably look to give you guys this exact time. But I got so drunk that I. Um, I crawled up into that fucking crawl space again.
0: Yeah.
3: Passed out. And I woke up to a woman that I would known for years and years and years in the business that worked for them, a woman named Megan Fowler. Yeah. And she was screaming at me, going, I'm so disappointed in you. I'm so fucking disappointed in you, Tony. Wake up, wake up. And I remember just kind of like... What? fuck off, like, whatever. Yeah. You know, so drunk, so intoxicated. Like, I could barely even, like, make sense of where I was. So I finally, like, kind of get up. And I'm like, well, <laughs> what are you going to do now? Yeah. You, what do you, you got, you got nothing. You got nothing. You are a drunk, 33-year-old, pathetic dude, sleeping, on old patio furniture in an attic of a restaurant that you work at yeah. and run. What what the fuck are you? So I go down the fucking stairs and sit down in my chair in, my, in the office, think about what the fuck I'm going to do. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: And I go – she comes back in and starts yelling at me. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, leave me alone. You guys are all a bunch of drunks too, blah, blah, blah. And I was so – embarrassed i was so scared i was so terrified uh but i was also so angry i was angry at everything myself at them at my parents for being addicts for anything i could do to try to make not still not take responsibility this way yeah Yeah. 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 no don't look at your fucking self tony you drunk like don't acknowledge the fact that you're the problem so i fucking grabbed my bag I fucking threw my tablet in there and like any, a couple of my personal things I had on the desk Yeah. and I walked out. I walked out and I, I remember I walked down Linda to Detroit. I sat down at, there's like a bench there. I sat down on the bench and I think I texted my, my girlfriend at the time, Melissa. And I said, you know, fuck wine bar. Fuck those dudes. I'm never going back there. Yeah. And I walked over to whole foods. I sat, I went to the bathroom, called myself an Uber Sat down at the bar at Whole Foods, did a huge shot of Chartreuse, got my Uber, went home. Yeah. Laid down on the couch, woke up when she got home from work, and uh, I kept drinking. I drank that entire night. I drank that entire night. Damn. I drank my face off that entire night, and then I woke up in the morning. Melissa was passed out. Oscar, my poor fucking dog, was like running around the house. You know, he's so a little puppy. And uh, you know it's weird. Like all these stories, I, I haven't gotten emotional until I talk about that dog. Yeah, it's fucking weird to me. But that dog saved my life.
2: He um, was the one. Pa- it was the one part dude, of like oh, motivation. Oh, dude, that voice was sounds like it was a part of the dog. Dude,
3: especially like when a I trigger. got it's out of the trigger. hospital. Yeah. So when I woke up that morning, like I said, Melissa was passed out and dog was running around, and I just was like, "What the fuck?" Tony, like what the fuck? Like I was literally was saying that
2: The voice came, the voice over. It was
3: like out. Like, what are you doing? What is this? Like, who are you? Is this your fucking life? You're some fucking drunk. Like, what do you like? Seriously? Like, come on. So Melissa woke up and I kind of told her the truth. I told her the truth about everything that I've been drinking in secret, that I've been hiding alcohol in the house, that I'd been drinking, all of her parents' alcohol when we went up to visit them in Streetsboro, that I had been sneaking to the bar when we were out at restaurants and doing shots. Not to yeah. say that she was a saint by any means because a, a, she was a fucking drunk too. Yeah. But, you know, we definitely enabled our, each other and then some, yeah. um, you know, very toxic relationship. Main The main reason we're not together anymore, thank God. Yeah. Um, but... I decided in that moment at talking to her that there was no... The only option I had was to stop drinking. I didn't have any other option. Yeah. There was no more making excuses. There was no more relying on relationships. There was no more using people to continue to fuel this life. I had to stop it or just give up. Yeah. So, Melissa and I got in the car. We drove down to the e- well to Lakewood Hospital. Well, what used to be Lakewood Hospital. Yeah. And I walked into the ER and I looked at the woman behind the counter and I said, "I don't know if you can help me." It was M- Memorial Day. So what's what holidays in September? Labor Day? Memorial Day. I
2: think it's Labor Day. It's got to be... No, yeah, it's Labor Day. Memorial Day was like two months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Labor Day. It is Labor Day. Yeah. It's Labor Day Monday. I am also bad at holiday. The 5th, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I walked in. Maybe that was the 4th in the day. Uh, Whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, I walked in the ER and I said, you know, I uh, don't know if you can help me, but uh, I have a severe, 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 severe alcohol problem. And I know that you can die if you don't you know if you stop if you stop drinking right, whole yeah. turkey with the amount of alcohol i consume like i'm just worried that one i'm not going to be able to stop if i don't get some help and i'm going to die f- from drinking or i'm going to die at home from trying to not drink is there any way you can help me and the woman like i almost and maybe this is not how it really happened but in my mind she teared up and she said like yeah we can help you go take this yeah. and fill this out and i filled it out and they came and I got up and handed it to her. And I remember like, that's when it really started to all like wash over me. Like, yeah. like I kind of really started to like understand how far gone I was. Yeah, You know, this guy that at 20 years old got a job offer at one of the best restaurants in the city that ended up becoming nationally recognized that had friends and colleagues and so many people respect him and look up to him Yeah, was now had zero money in the bank sleeping in an attic of a restaurant that he was running yeah and had nothing i was so empty i was so scared and like i just started crying and it was it it was fucking is it was about as rock bottom as you could ever ever think to be at i mean yeah. outside of like
2: yeah you know, it's rough yeah it's rough yeah, so, and to come out of that is in completely yeah. insane in the best way possible yeah i mean they so they took me in <laughs> you know
3: they took me in And, dude, I remember, like, the nurses, like, as they were, like, getting me hooked up to, like, IVs and stuff.
0: Yeah.
3: Hey, what day is it? I had no idea. No idea. What time is it? No idea. Like, and I don't know if it's just because I was overwhelmed, but I legit thought it was, like, Thursday.
2: Yeah.
3: And that that goes. days are kind of the same. Well, when that goes to show you, like, how I managed to function
2: when I was actually
3: put to task to acknowledge, like, what was going on around me. No clue. No fucking clue. So, so yeah, uh, they ended up transferring me to Lutheran. Uh, I was in the hospital for four days. I haven't had a drink since.
2: That's fucking awesome. That is insane how you just, so like like h- how you could change it around and then just like be like, whoa, that's the worst, like it, it couldn't get any worse and it kept getting worse and now it's like, okay, I remember who I am. Yeah, sense. I mean, I,
3: I, you know, honestly, like, I don't know why and like by no means uh, or ever in this entire struggle, this journey of my sobriety, have I ever for a second taken for granted how lucky I am that I've, I've been able to do this. Because so many people, people I know, people we know, people we don't know, die and lose everything every single day to their their struggle with addiction
2: and they don't go through all that. That's that. that, the first story is like, usually sounds like the end,
3: right? Right. No. And and, then my story is by no means the worst. There are people that have been through far worse than my privileged life of getting jobs and getting back on his feet, you know, falling into luck of relationships and stuff. Like I'm very thankful and lucky because I haven't had it as bad as other other people. So I, by yeah. no means do I take it for granted. Like, I am so very, very lucky to somehow f- have found the strength t- to continue to live this way. And yeah. like, you know, I, I don't I, I don't ever, any, any second of my life in this four years, almost four years, have I ever taken it for granted. Like, I know that tomorrow I could wake up and be like, I got to have a drink. I don't think that's going to happen. It hasn't happened so far, yeah. but I have to like remind myself of that. Cause it, it could very well happen. You know, yeah. you know, there's a reason people always struggle, you know, it's not, you don't just turn it off. Yeah. You know, I feel like in a lot of ways, that's how it did work for me though, because I just, I just had to make that decision. Yeah. Cause I knew it was either stop or like I, I honestly believe I would have been dead. I, I really think I would have drank myself to death.
1: That was well, definitely an option. Yeah, it, that's <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a very possible outcome. I mean, going going back to the you know uh, the the stories at the restaurants right. with people places you worked, the DUI, the the you know the the oh. high percentage that you blew, yeah, the dude, needing oh. to actually. Do it just to function. I mean, people you hear like uh, uh, comedians and movies shit all the time make jokes about functioning alcoholic. That's exactly what that yeah. is. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a functioning alcoholic. And it's not somebody who's always, you know, drinking and getting by. It's someone who needs to drink to get by yeah. because yeah. all those party days are done. Yeah. It's not a party anymore. No. It's a an necessity
2: And that, that's a lot more people than people can think of. Well, yeah. Well, and then it's you know, a lot of people.
3: And that's, and I think that's, A big, you know, obviously what I do for a living, we make beer. Sure. I'm still very much a part of the restaurant bar industry because I love it. And it's a great, amazing profession that deserves a lot of respect. But if you look at like our culture, just as Americans, like alcoholism – is like almost encouraged.
2: It's acceptable. I mean, yeah,
3: look at fucking TV, look at movies, yeah. look at shit the things that celebrities say like rosé all day mm-hmm. and like no laws with white claws. It's like you want you want to part talk about how you got so trashed all day at brunch and Sunday fun day. Go look at me at Lutheran hospital going through fucking alcohol withdrawal, hallucinating and like sweating bullets, but being freezing cold. And you tell me how there's no laws with fucking white claws. Cause that sort of like overindulgence and that sort of get fucked up. It's cool. It's fine. Yeah. It's not cool. Mm -hmm. It's not cool. Trust me. It is not cool. And it only leads you down. I'm not saying everyone's going to end up like I did, but like it's easier when, when it's so socially acceptable. Like alcoholism is a fucking monster. Yeah. Everyone's
2: it's, gonna have their own story on right. it, and a lot. And if it's alcoholism, a lot of them aren't good stories. No. All of them probably no. aren't good. No. I, all my all my bad nights with drinking, I look back at them. I never fucking did anything horrible, but I still like. There's a part of me. I'm like. I look back at. I'm like. I feel guilty. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Like, also,
1: it's not that you didn't; it's that you could have, and you probably wouldn't have known it. Right? Yeah, that's exactly. The, at the, the time,
2: you didn't know like how how I maybe say one thing dumb or right. something. I look back, I'm like, I'll get it. I'll be like, oh man, why the fuck did I? Oh, I was pissed I was drunk. When drunk. I when when I remember at that point, there was a time where I could have been like, I'll drink a water. I was like, nah, I'm already drunk. I'd rather get more drunk. Yeah, right. Like if that's always your the pussies, thing, dude. Oh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's like, fucking... yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, like you said, too, I mean, there are Instagram pages that are just dedicated to people getting hurt and drunk. Yeah, and like drunk. What and it's celebrated. Cool. Wait, yeah. What is cool about that? And it's got it's got ten million followers. Yeah. Yeah. there's nothing cool yeah. about
2: it. There's a lot of pain in the world to where alcohol is an easy yeah. It's an easy way out.
1: Yeah, you know the other thing too, like and it's funny like in kind of the times we're living right now. Alcohol aside, when you think about what are the 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 biggest killers, and again, I'm not downplaying anything else like in terms of you know shootings, things like that. Right, things that are going to be connected to alcohol. But for some, there's no march for alcoholism. There's no, no. there's no yeah. march for over drinking. There's, no, because there's no protest for that. Because no. we're just like, well, yeah, but what are we gonna do? Not do that? Well, you yeah. got to we drink, normal? dude. Yeah, yeah. Let's get drunk, dude. When the protest yeah. is over, I'm gonna get yeah. yeah. drunk. Yeah, dude. It's what? A what? A thing. what have you been
2: doing this whole shutdown? Yeah, getting drink. fucked up, dude. Yeah. 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 yeah, and it became more acceptable. I don't, I don't know how many people I know that when liquor stores for liquor stores were still open, but a, a small amount of them were, and bars it's were closing. Everyone's getting wasted at home because, because the thing is. Yeah, I need to get drunk. And it's actually cheaper. It's benefiting right?
3: me. Well, and also think about this too. What are some of the symptoms of alcohol withdrawal? Sweating, shakes. What are some of the symptoms of COVID? Sweating. Yeah. Yeah, eating. wow. So if you took, if you said bars and restaurants and liquor stores were closed, you're then saying to the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of or more people across the United States that have severe alcohol dependency, you can't now drink. So then those people are going to the hospital thinking they have COVID-19.
2: Yeah, and also very that's real, that's, that's the reason why I think like liquor stores are one of the first places I saw that were still open. Yeah, and I don't know how many people were just like, "Thank God." Yeah, it's it's, well, it's there's
1: so many people too that you like called essential. I mean, look, yeah,
2: at, yeah. look at all the things that
3: I said about never acknowledging it. There are so many people of that are functioning alcoholics that will never acknowledge the fact that they are an alcoholic. Yeah. It's just what they
2: do. It's not everyone. Right. But there's a lot oh, of... Oh, hey,
3: what do you do? Well, I've got to go up to the liquor store and get another bottle of vodka. Yeah. Wait, you were just there. Eh.
2: Yeah, I, I, I could tell it was bad when every time I got sad, I, had, I, did this, I do this thing to where I drink an entire bottle of Hennessy yeah. in one night. And people look at me, they go, whoa, because like, I did it when I was in college yeah. a couple times. I've only done it like four times. That's when bedtime. That the first couple of times, like, yeah, it's cool. I drink Hennessy. Yeah. I'm 21. I could do this. I'm I a good drink a drinker. Whole bottle. Yep. Yeah. A month ago when I did it, I'm like, oh, I woke up the next morning. It was a day hangover at least. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh man, what the fuck am I doing? Oh man, that's not Dude, normal. It's not cool. It's not normal. Honestly,
3: like thinking about how sick i felt on a daily basis like even now yeah. yeah almost four years later like still makes my mouth like water from like not from like oh that sounds delicious like yeah. from being sick like yeah. i that sort of pain i wouldn't wor- i wouldn't wish yeah. on my worst enemy like how, it was so bad.
2: how crazy is it that you can get hung over and be like oh man I'm, i don't know how many times i see it every day this is the last time yeah. I'm drinking. Dude, I'm never
1: <laughs> drinking again, bro. Yeah, I'm never
2: drink- and, then, and then next week, it's like, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> next next week, yeah, two yeah. days later, right? Yeah, yeah, like three that days night. in. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, hangovers yeah. are crazy. It's the fact that you can you could feel that much pain, and then be like, I'm never doing this again. And then once you feel better, you're like, I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to control it yeah, this time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's got lucky this. if you can I got control this. it. I've done no
1: something. more shots,
2: though. Yeah, no yeah. more shots.
1: Dude, I, I've done – I've even made con- – shit. We just talked about somebody, I don't want to say her name, but somebody who basically for like a week straight was going through, like, got real fucked up one night, yeah. and then was just like, oh, I gotta stop drinking, On like, on social media, right, right. Well, all of course. Yeah. By the fourth day, like, you know what, actually, I... I think it's just the tequila. <laughs> oh yeah! I mean, it's you know, just I'm tequila. is no. ridiculous. I'm no. sitting there, and it sucks. that it's like, oh, she's fault. No, nope. she's tilting back. No, and Joe's giving me the updates and on she's it. Gone. He's like,
2: like, this is day three on Facebook, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I'm it's like, not. Yeah. I'm
1: telling my wife and I. was like, I can't fucking hear this. Idiot. No, yeah. don't yeah, don't, <laughs> don't, don't. She's like, save me. Blacked out, did this, do that. I'm like, first, don't put that on social media. Right. <laughs> but then, like, every day, she's like, first day, no drinking, staying strong. Second day, staying strong. Third day. I don't know. I, I'm bored.
2: I'm
1: <laughs> what? That's, dude, that's what it turned into. Yeah. Astral. And, and that was one of the biggest,
3: I mean, there are a lot of hurdles that I faced when I, as I started to acknowledge like what it meant to not be a drinker anymore, especially when it was so integrated into my everything, Sure. Yeah. my personality, what I did professionally, everything revolved around alcohol. You yeah know so, so, when you step away from that life, when you say, "Okay, I am now sober, yeah, it's so much more than just drinking, like, sure, you're not drinking anymore, but you're also now having to understand and how to how to interact with people in a social setting without alcohol, you're also trying to have fun in things without drinking you're doing everything you're dealing with sadness like i said very early on you're dealing with happiness you don't it's gone yeah Yeah. and you you have to that alone is so daunting it's it's probably a big reason why a lot of people don't end up staying sober it's hard because how do you how do you relearn how to live how do you how do you how do you
2: make new friends how do you find new hobbies
3: Right, if all your friends are drinkers, well, what do you do? You are gonna go be that sober guy and sit at the bar and drink a ginger beer? Well, fuck no. Most people
2: aren't. I did that yesterday, but I drank a water after a workout. Yeah, and I, I sat there and I could tell there was tension because there was minor judgments, so like yeah, yeah, you oh, think yeah. you're better than us, or and I was just, I, I stayed for like twenty minutes talking. I was like, yeah, guys, I'm gonna go home and take a nap. Right. All I did was sit by myself, and I was like. I did it. I actually feel pretty good about this. It's impressive. It's because it's hard. It
3: can be incredibly empowering when you do start making those like strides and when you start proving, because ultimately your sobriety is your sobriety. And the only thing you have, the only person you have anything to prove to is yourself. When you decide to make that, when you make that decision to become a sober human being and this is how I'm going to live, you don't you don't owe anyone else anything other than yourself if you're going to really do it you yeah. ha- and you have to really realize that because you see it time and time and time and time and time again when people are forced into rehab or when they're forced into sobriety 9 times out of 10 they end up saying fuck you That's because, someone else telling them well, what to do because they don't want to do it and yeah. and 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 honestly like and i i've gotten in some con, not arguments i've gotten into some Heated conversations with some friends of mine, some sober friends of mine, some not sober friends of mine with my with this opinion about sobriety. Is you know, people that like I I have a big issue with people that constantly go, oh I'm getting sober. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop. And they talk about it and they talk about it and they talk about it and then they don't fucking do it and they let everybody down and they go back on any, everything they said because they don't really want to fucking do it. Yeah, like if I've you said want, that before. Right. Everyone if you want to be a drunk, by all means, go out and be a fucking drunk. But then just do it. Yeah. Just... Do it. Save your friends, save your family and the people that care about you and love you. Save them the heartache of continually saying, I'm going to get help this time until you're ready to do it. Because you owe it to to them, certainly, to at least be honest with them. Like, If you're going to be a drunk, then just own it and be a drunk. And when you're ready... And it fits for you, then really try to be sober. But realize that you really have to try. Yeah. Like it's not something that you can half ass. In order to be a sober person, you have to 100% believe you're going to do it. Yeah. And you have to be 100% committed. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: You know, because society is going to tell you to drink. Your friends, your family, are going to tell there's you there's always drink. a reason to celebrate exactly always and, and a lot of and like we talked about already, a lot of people don't even realize they're doing it, but it's yeah. so like, oh well, you're going to have a beer, right? It takes that one little not harm like not purposely harmful thing of your your sister or your your cousin or your friend or your buddy's wife going, oh you're going to have a drink with us, right oh well fuck i I'm, I'm supposed to not drink and then, you had, and then there's that oh, come on yeah and come then he, on dude and, but still your choice when to be like the no last time we saw oh yeah dude yeah. come on man dude, you <laughs> <haven't>, <laughs> well, right. and then it's like well dude come on you haven't had a drink in a year you're fine
1: oh shit have you had someone said
2: that oh a, dude that's the fucking dude work. you should well, yeah, hear you work the at a, shit you work at a bar dude you
3: should hear the shit people say to me I will not mention his name because he's a colleague and he's a well known dude in, in the industry yeah but a, a guy that everybody knows in this business he has a couple of restaurants in Lakewood I ran into him probably two years ago. He came into the brewery with a bunch of people. And I've always had a good relationship with this guy. Still do. And, and what he said to me, I don't think he was purposefully trying to, like, be a jerk to me or, like, hurt my feelings. He was probably drunk. Yeah. No, he was. He, yeah. was. he was. He was down at Edgewater Live with a bunch of friends. Yeah. Comes up to me, and we are kind of catching up. And I was telling – he mentioned it to me. He said, so, Tony, how, how's your sobriety, man? And I was like, you know, dude, good. Like, I, I'm, I'm still doing it, dude. Like, I just – celebrated two years or something and he looks at me and he goes, Yeah, it's good, dude, because you were a fucking mess, bro. And I was like, Thanks. <laughs> There's no one else you say. Thanks, that. dude. Like rad. That was really <laughs> rad of you to say to me. Thank you. That's so supportive. I don't really know.
1: I hate hearing well, he that. And he went back shit. to his friends like, I just uh yeah, dude. Tony I
3: yeah. Out of the dude i saw tony dude yeah
2: I, Wait, I, was- I don't i don't mean to cut off the story but i so so i've been doing stand-up for like three and a half years and i see this dude i went to try C with and i saw him at a bar and he goes oh brian he walks up to him, i'm like hey what's up what's up man and he was like yeah and he's with his friend he goes oh yeah i went to college with that guy he totally didn't even try he was kind of stupid but hey all rebels are pretty funny and i'm just like Okay. thanks man yeah, 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 and he's like wow. he's like, I want to come to one of your shows In my head I'm just like I don't want you to right. <laughs> yeah, please don't please don't come yeah, see my show you remember me from my downhill yeah. then fine yeah. man fuck it I feel the like, like there was
1: maybe a compliment in there yeah. no it was, it
2: was that's the well, most you ba- hit it really well that yeah. is a Roger Federer backhanded compliment yeah.
1: <laughs> no and I remember thinking to myself I was like
3: like I just let it go because I'm like what am I going to do argue with the guy like yeah. I don't think he meant it like I said I don't think he meant it to hurt my feelings but then in my head I'm like sure. you know if I had such a fucking problem and all all you people, all my friends, all my colleagues, all the people I knew in the industry were so fucking worried about me, Don't say anything. How come no one said anything? <laughs> like how come nobody was like, hey and, and listen, I get it. I get it's... I get that it wasn't their responsibility. It wasn't their burden Those to are friends. to tell me. But yeah, and dude, I have uh, and to this day I still have some gr- like a little bit of like not bad blood, like but animosity like, a, little a little bit of animosity towards certain people that like claim to be my good friends. But then watch
2: you just fall down. Or
3: like when I was in the hospital, I was at Lutheran hospital. Where's Lutheran hospital? West 25th. Yeah. What's stones throw from West 25th? The old angle. (laughs) My hangout for years, right?
2: Yeah.
3: A lot of those people I considered some of my best friends in the entire world. And guys, I'm not saying this to talk shit about you, but nobody got off the fucking bar stool and came and saw me. They knew I was in the
2: hospital. I
3: put that shit on fucking Facebook. Hey, I'm in the hospital. I'm going through a hard time. Not a single one of them got up there and fucking came and saw me, but I understand why. Yeah. My sobriety holds a lot of light up to people that are struggling, especially people that don't want to acknowledge it yet. You know, being who I am and like overcoming it and still being in the industry. Like a lot of people look at me and go, wow, that's inspiring. And wow, maybe Tony can like help me. And if he can do it, maybe I can. And like, I'm, that is so awesome to me. But then there's also people that don't want to acknowledge it yet and like are still struggling
1: with their addiction.
2: Yeah. Haven't come oh, to terms yeah, no with
1: it. Come, they might yeah. look at you like maybe they didn't want to, because they maybe didn't think they were going to see you. Maybe they think they were going to see them. Right? Or what? Exactly. Could be their so future. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go
2: there. Well, yeah, yeah. M- m- most people, I've realized about a lot—not a most, but a lot of people—other um, people's problems yeah. are their entertainment. Yeah. And that's—it's oh, a yeah. sad truth. I've, re- I've realized it recently. Like a lot of like, if if if, if you have a problem. But you do something for them, they're like, "Yeah, it's not my problem. Right. They can figure it out." But I'll, it's kind of like the, the people subconsciously use other people for their own personal benefit, yeah. I, which happens every yeah. day. It's I, every I, day,
1: I, I, without even knowing. I promise, someone said this to you. So you, when you, when you maybe got out of the hospital yeah. and you're like, "No, I'm, I'm done. I got to stop this." Someone's like, "I'm so glad you're finally getting help." You're like. Fucker, where were you? See yeah, me? no, people did. Yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, dude, it's about time, man. Oh, dude, you, you know what I was you, just
1: talking about? Like, why didn't you talk yeah, about it? Yeah, right, me, right. You know? Dude, you drank dude god, man. You you were
3: drinking so much, and yeah. like, and I've had, I still to this day, I've, I things like that are said to me, and I always, at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm a very different person than I was in my first year of Absolutely. sobriety, my second year of sobriety. Yeah. Uh, initially, I, I think I, I a lot of times I responded a little bit more hostile like, than I do now. Yeah. Or I was more hostile about things. Now, like, I get it. You know, I understand that, yes, do I wish people maybe would have said something? Yeah. But even if they would have, I wasn't interested in hearing it, so it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. I I wouldn't have heard it. It would have been a,
2: yeah, come on. Come on,
3: dude. I'm Tony Coast, man. Yeah. Come on, give me some shots,
2: dude. Let's go. Like That's their dream sometimes. Yeah, some yeah. people want that. They're like, he's back. Right. Oh, <laughs> dude, it's the worst. Trust me.
3: One of the big motivators, one of the things that keeps me sober is fucking spite. Because I heard, yep, and you motherfuckers know who I'm talking about. There are people that I heard, people that were my good friends, that said to other people, other good friends of mine, that got right back to me. So you hear Tony's trying to get sober dude yeah, that guy will be back last. that guy will be back in a fucking bar school in a d- couple days that's yeah. the yeah. best
2: motivation and it's
3: like dude fuck you yeah. fuck you and like why would you if you're my friend why would you say that about me why because you lost your good drinking pal oh come on get the fuck out of here yeah. no you said it because you don't really give a shit yeah. you know because you'd rather have me being a drunk just like you than actually taking control of my life and trying to make make a little bit of a difference and be a good person yeah. Yeah. you know
2: I think a good comparison for that is uh, Michael Jordan, for example. And he, like he, he, he could go off at any time. Yeah, he would wait for so- like he wouldn't wait. Someone would fuck with them, and he'd be like, okay. Boom! Motivation. He dropped sixty. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought about that all the time. That's it's. I, I used to play sports as a kid, and that would really trigger me. And I kind of blocked that out because I was like, I'm not an athlete anymore. I've been being more active. Every time I think of something little, like yeah? something fucked up when I'm going I'll out, a, when I'm going on a jog, sure. I hear like one trigger word. Oh, I can't do this. I'm gonna fucking right. sprint a mile. No, I can't breathe afterwards, but I fucking did it. Yeah, I did it. You yeah. didn't. No. Yeah. But that, exactly.
3: That, you know, despite was. Spite is one of the motivators to me getting sober. It's not yeah. the sole motivation for me to get sober. It's minor.
1: As long, I mean, I, I really wouldn't even make an argument that it's a bad motivator. It's a motive if it keeps you sober. Yeah. Hey, who no. cares? Yeah, and yeah. it's not hatred.
2: Yeah. If, 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 if there is hatred, there's always hatred within all of us. But if it's controlled, right. you, I, I mean, I, every, we have all emotions, right. but we just got to control every. It's balance.
3: I've yeah. gotten past a lot of that. Like you know, in in this journey, like I keep saying that, but like getting sober and what. That means, you know, I've become a lot more kind of delicate as to how i handle it you know and how i choose to to view the the interactions i have in regards to it because i yeah. am very thankful and i am very lucky to be in the position i am so adding any sort of like hostility or yeah. anything to that now seems kind of
2: pointless. yeah I, did, I didn't mean like that i'm more well, I'm, no, i know i know yeah. no, no. agreed agreed you know I mean, I it's just, more like like you accept that that's who, that's who they were and you, you don't hate them anymore right. you did in the now, past anybody but now I it's had, like all right i move on from right. it.
3: anybody i've had beef with that, like, initially, you know, one, the beef, uh, the, my anger was kind of misplaced because I was more mad at myself than I was at anybody else. And yeah. anyone that got, fell victim to my, like where I felt like I was mad at them, it normally really wasn't their fault. Yeah, anyone that I truthfully had reason to be mad at, I've either already spoken to in person, yeah, or just acknowledged the fact that it just wasn't worth being mad about, so I just let it go. So yeah, because why you know that's certainly not going to help me to continue to stay so sober, so I
1: might as well just forget about it, you know. Yeah, um, wow. well, I mean, even with I don't know, and it might just be your personality, I think, too, and the way you kind of look at everything now but yeah. I, even now i still think because you, you mentioned something man like 10 minutes ago but i still haven't actually forgot it Where you were like you know i you mentioned you know i'm lucky with my privileged life when i was going through this yeah i, I think you're kind of in my opinion you're downplaying i think the struggle that you had well man i this thing i mean i, I and I, I don't i don't i, I understand I, I don't think you're doing it I, i i think you're trying to not be I think you're basically saying like, look, but I'm here now, so why dwell on the things that were so well, bad? I think but it's no. a humbleness though, that's is no, I, 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 That is what it is. I,
3: I will definitely, one thing I say a lot, and you know, people that I spend a lot of time with can attest to this, I, I always try to say that like, I, one thing I'm very, I, I'm, I try to always be a very humble person, but I do take a lot of credit and a lot of pride in my sobriety. Sure. And I do consider myself a pretty humble person. I, I am very proud of who I am. Yeah. Um, you know, I I'm very proud of who I've become. Certainly in these four years. If I look back at what I, where I was. Yeah. But I also don't. I I, I don't want to let that like, because I know where my ego got me. Sure. And my kindness and me being appreciative and me being humble is only going to be more of a benefit to myself and to the people around me than Agreed. me being yeah. like, Hey, I'm Joe Sobriety, and look how cool I mm-hmm. am. Yeah. And, uh, Oh no! And I Mark sobriety. I Whatever. Yeah. You were, thank you for. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't to, I didn't want anyone to take yeah, away that was me. Right. Yeah.
1: And, and I don't think I don't think you should downplay your sobriety. I think you were more downplaying the journey to sobriety. Yeah. And I, I think, and again, I think it's because you don't want people to look at the whole. Like, I mean, you said it yourself. There's people that had it worse. Yeah, there probably are. There's people that actually didn't too. I mean, this. Yeah. You no, know, you're right. Thing, That's a good point, man. This thing yeah. had a stranglehold on you for it north did. of a decade. Yeah. I mean, you can call it whatever you want. It's a, it's a, You were having basically a personal civil war yeah, for over time. a decade. And it got to the point where we talked about like people get forced into interventions or have an intervention. You finally, I mean, years too late, I'm sure you're thinking, I wish I'd done it sooner. But you still you did. You did, yeah. You that's... took it upon yourself and said... I have to go in there. I have to. I have to stop this. That's it. Yeah. You took it upon yourself. I mean, it's and you were going against. That's the hardest part about you were any going against addiction too. Everything so. that your your head was probably ten- you were going against every ounce was, of your body. It your was body pretty still terrifying. Yeah, it's. I, but I mean, you, I mean, really, it had a it had a complete stranglehold on you for over a decade.
3: No, I appreciate you saying
1: that, man. And, but and once again, I, just, I think I don't that's... think people. I just I want if anyone takes away anything from it, that it's one. It's an unbelievable battle that a lot of people don't come out of. And I think it says a lot about... Not just... I think, again, we joked around about you kept getting these jobs. That's part of your personality. Part of your personality is also being able to stand up to the
2: thing and come through it.
1: Yeah. You know? No, and, and dude, thank you for saying that. Like, I...
2: Your alcoholism blew a 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it certainly did. It did. Yeah, that's it great. Was it was definitely winning. a 0. 30, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: 0. .304. 0. .304 lead, yeah. Still fucking... Dude, I'm actually uh, going to just Google that because I'm just amazed by No, that. true. That's, trust yeah. me. But, I mean, th- there's another part of this, too, and this is, I think, the most important part is that the second half this is that there's a redemptive part of your story. Yeah. And it's yeah. fucking incredible. It's, it's,
2: honestly, I've, I haven't heard that... You start tearing up, and I was like, "I'm not crying, you are." Well, <laughs> like well, it got so much it it's, it's amazing, like it, it's a very well, uh, so inspirational. The, the I
3: story think. goes, you know, how I kind of ended up in front of you guys here today.: Yes. Yeah. So I got out of the hospital, I went home, and I, I honestly felt like I slept for like three days. you know, I, I didn't know. I didn't know where I was going to go, who I was going to become or how I was supposed to get there. Yeah. I knew that I had pretty much burnt every single bridge I'd ever built in the city. I knew that I had squandered every opportunity. I had hurt and damaged any friendships that I'd ever made. And I was kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? But I wasn't in a position where I was able to like do any of that. Yeah, You know, I, I just kind of had to understand where I was headed or try to understand where I was headed and how I was going to attempt to, to make it happen. I knew that drinking was no longer a part of my life, no matter what I decided to do. Yeah. And that's where I started. And it just kind of happened one day at a time. Um, you know, I ended up getting unemployment, which was great, uh, Unbeknownst to myself, uh, that first day I was in the hospital, John and Dave uh, put a post on social media and said they were looking for a general manager, so I was in- effectively fired. Yeah. Um, so I got unemployment. Uh, the 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 unemployment board was very sympathetic to me when I called to talk to them. They were like, oh, wow, you, you tried to get treatment and your boss has fired you? And I was like, I mean, yeah. I mean, they were very much in the right to fire me. I was yeah. sleeping in an attic in the dirt and grime, but yeah. yeah, so I got unemployment, uh, which allowed me to kind of like, you know, kind of think a lot more and kind of work on some things about what I was going to do. And, you know, I got a couple job offers outside of the restaurant industry because there was no way. Sure. Yeah. No way in hell I was gonna go back to the
2: Yeah, again, it's a get out. Yeah. And know, a lot like, of people, a lot of people do it and they and they go back in. Right. And sometimes it were a lot, actually, I've realized a lot of times it works out. Yeah. Because people are like, okay, I can breathe. I'm looking at the the industry as a complete new right. industry.
3: Right. And now, I mean, now there's actually like it's kind of a trend. You know, you see a lot of chefs and bartenders and and people that focal points of the industry that aren't drinking, have yeah. stopped yeah. drinking or live a sober life. Yeah. Um but that certainly was not my Path like I was like all right I gotta just do something else mm-hmm. so I, I got a couple job offers and I was like all right well uh, nothing nothing really is feeling right but okay I, I'm hireable I can get a job somewhere else yeah um and then a couple of months went by and I was kind of starting to freak out a little bit um and I had a I went out to lunch with my dad and uh, good old Frank Coast he uh, <laughs> he always has a way of shoot me shoot me straight we're at lunch I think we went to the harp. And uh, sitting there having a burger or something, and my dad's having a beer, and I'm drinking iced tea or whatever yeah. sober guys drink. And, uh, <laughs> cranberry juice. Yeah. Cranberry juice. Yeah. yeah. The, juice food, yeah. 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 You gotta the find Leo. Something. Yeah. And LaCroix. That's what sober people drink. Yep. Lots of
0: LaCroix.
3: <laughs> like, absurd amounts of LaCroix. Every type uh, of flavor. Dude, <laughs> you want to know about it? This guy knows. Yeah. That. So... I'm telling my dad, like, Dad, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm worried. How am I going to make a living? Like, I love the industry. I'm, I have all this specialization and blah, blah, blah. And I've spent so much time, all this stuff. You know, my dad, you know, in all his infinite wisdom, said very simply, he goes, Well, Tone, if if you're saying you're not going to drink anymore, then just don't do it. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. There's alcohol everywhere. There's alcohol at the gas station. There's alcohol at the grocery store. There's alcohol all over. Yeah, There's Alcohol right here. There's alcohol at the house. If you If you're not going to drink anymore... And that's what you're telling yourself and the world, yeah. then just don't drink. And I was like, well, Dan, I don't really think it's that easy. <laughs> like, if it was just as easy as, well, I just don't drink anymore, there'd be a lot less people all fucked up drinking their faces off. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, Tom, but you don't really have that choice, do you? Because you're, you said that you're done, so just do it. And I was like, well, fine, Dad, fine. Fuck it. I'll just get a job in the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I think you should. He goes, you're not going to drink, though. And I and I went, Dad, you're saying it like it's just not gonna happen. Yeah. I'm just not gonna drink. And he goes, Well, you're not. So he kind of was annoying me to be honest with you, because It was necessary though. But it but it worked. So Sean Latona, who I mentioned earlier from been sober for a very long time, good friend of mine, got me the job at Bamba, even though or you know, and then I kind of fucked him over. So when I went into the hospital, he had um he had been kind of checking in on me. And like through that couple months when I was at home, yeah. um, you know, Hey, how you doing, man? Let's know I'm here for you, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people did. I mean, there's a lot of people that I, that I will forever be very thankful for. Uh, you know who you are without me saying it. Um, but Sean was definitely one of them. Um, he reached out right after I had lunch with my dad, like a couple of days later and just said, Hey man, how you doing? You know, what's new? How's the sobriety? And I was like, Sean, man, I'm kind of freaking out. Like, I'm still not drinking, but I, I don't know what to do. Like, I need to get a job. I hate sitting at home. And he was like, man, you can come back here. And I was like, really? Like, after how I fucking just, like, bailed on you? Yeah. And he was like, "Tone, like, I get it, dude. I know where you were at. I know, what like, where your head was at. I, I'm not mad at you. I still love you. You're still a good buddy of mine. Like, I'd love for you to come back come back to the restaurant like i can't give you a management job but you you're more than welcome to come back behind the bar you're it's a place that people know you people will look out for you yeah and you're definitely welcome so i was like you know what fuck it so i jumped back behind the bar at bomba and and you know i will forever actually went to lunch there today um
0: yeah
3: i will forever have a personal obligation to the men and women that run that company um what they did for me was something that a lot of people wouldn't have done. Yeah. You know, they let me come back. They let me get my feet on the ground. They let me get my confidence back. Yeah. You know, they let me prove to myself and to other people that I I could beat, beat this thing, you mm-hmm. know, that I could overcome it and, like be strong and become you know the person that i am today yeah. and honestly i don't think had i had i had that opportunity i don't know if i would have i would have nailed this the way i did you know i had that support structure yeah. you know that really kind of uh solidified my my place in this sobriety game you know like I, I i will forever be very very thankful to
2: those that's guys. the honestly that's the dream with dealing with something really happy yeah e- even if even if it's someone you haven't talked to in 10 years just any anyone be in there for you. It's that's a good that's another motivational point. It's like okay, I'm not doing this for them, doing this for me. But I have. It's like when you're about to get into a fight, and you look and like just one motherfucker, and you're like I can't take him. Then you look back and it's like all your friends. Are like, you got this. You're like all right. I'm gonna fight got, this dude. Yeah, I'm gonna fight him. I'm, I'm probably for gonna give, me though. Yeah. But you guys help yeah, me out. Yeah, yeah, right. You got <laughs> yeah. my
1: back, guys. Yeah, please <laughs> help right. me. Too many I, people watching? Get him yeah. off me when I'm getting <laughs> beat up, though, please. Don't yeah, yeah, get too right. Please, get too right. please back him up. Not the one. face, dude. Stop. Yeah,
2: it's the moneymaker. Right.
3: <laughs> um, but no, I like I remember that first that first day back. You know, I remember being so nervous, and I remember talking like, talking to Oscar. Uh. Every time I say his name, I get fucking all choked up, that dog. Uh, Like, I remember saying to him, like, all right, buddy, like, dad's going to work. Like, he's going to – I'm going to be all right, you know. And I remember getting – like, thinking, like, on my way there, like – dude you're gonna fucking you're gonna grab a bottle and you're gonna start drinking and i was like no you're not you're gonna be fine like i was having this like internal struggle with but that voice is yeah, better there now it was there it was a it's different healing. voice it's though healed. right it was like it's a supportive like yeah. right yeah. like this uh, this uh, like a empowering kind of like strong voice going all right dude you got this yeah and i jumped behind the bar and i was fine hell yeah and i was so scared though guys like i remember thinking like yeah. the second i got back there It was going to be like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Now it's going to be like,
0: yeah, booze, here I am, I'm
3: back. But it just didn't, it just, honestly, like, and I mean this wholeheartedly, from that second, it just never occurred to me to drink. It just was not something that I was going to let myself do because I knew that I had so much more to achieve. Like there was so much more that I could have been and there was so much more that I still could be. Mm -hmm. Um. And I was tired of letting you know alcohol be the fucking reason that that didn't come out. You it's kind of
2: like you finally let yourself love yourself. Yeah,
3: no, dude, big time. And there was, yeah. you know, I know, I, dude, I still struggle with you know mental health and mm-hmm. you know self doubt and depression and you know not lack lack self worth and all that stuff. It, yeah. it, it's an ongoing struggle, and I think that's just something that we as humans will constantly always suffer from. Mm-hmm. But. It's not drinking and like being getting the chance to get to know this Tony finally. You know, at that point, it definitely was like I started to feel love again, like true, true, like love for myself and for people in my life, and like being able to like acknowledge like the true friendships I have. You know, it was an it was an amazing thing. You know, And, and then feeling feeling the way I did, having an appetite again, like sleeping.
0: Yeah. yeah. Normally, yeah.
3: you know, not passing out, not waking up in the middle of the night so thirsty that you drink a gallon of water because your body is so starved of of anything. Yeah. You know, but like and then waking up and going, "Oh, wow." I just feel like shit because I'm old, yeah. not because I'm so hungover. You know,
1: like it, <laughs> I. Oh, well, there's no cure for that one. No, sorry. dude, it only gets <laughs> yeah. worse. It only gets yeah, worse. Just,
0: yeah.
3: But you know allo- Getting sober allowed me. It allowed me to do so many things. You know, like shortly after getting back on my feet and like working at Bob, but not shortly after, within like a year. You know, I uh, Ralph uh, R- Ralphie Scrooge at Terrestrial. You know, put on Facebook that he was looking for a bartender at Terrestrial before they opened. He needed one more employee. Mm -hmm. And I had known Ralph from my time at El Carnicero because Eric and I did the food for a platform. Yeah. So I sent Ralphie a text. I'm like, "Hey, buddy, I saw you looking for a bartender." He's like, "Oh, Tony, I don't need like any like director of operations or anything." And I was like, "No, no, dude, no. Trust me, you don't want that. I just want a bartender. Please, please, please. Just let me bartend. That's all I want to do. I just, I, I'm just trying to because I was like, dude, think about all that time you wasted sleeping and being hungover. Yeah. Like now you have energy and you're excited yeah. and you're fucking motivated. So you're just gonna work all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah. So." I was working full-time at Bamba, and then I helped open Terrestrial, you know, as a bartender. But as my career and the story I've been telling shows, very quickly, Ryan and Ralph started to kind of rely on me and kind of, like, turn to me for, you know, concerns they had and questions. And, you know, and I told them, I'm like, guys, I don't want a job as a manager. Like, I just want to—I'll happily give you advice. I do know a lot about this shit, but, like— just let me make some money and like do my thing. Yeah. Obviously, that didn't work out because <laughs> yeah. now I'm the yeah, general you're manager. For it, man. Yeah. No, you're no, for it. no, thank you,
2: dude. I, yeah. you know, I, yeah, again, it was a restart.
3: Yeah. And it was. And now I, now it's a full restart. Dude, and was. like, I'm so, like, I know what I'm capable of so much more now. Like, th- there are few, there are very few people that can match me when, when it comes to this business. I just know it. Like, yeah. And, and I've worked really hard to get there. I'm not saying like, you know, it's just I'm very thankful to be a part of this industry because it was an industry that I was meant to be a part of. Yeah, and I think it shows. It just comes really naturally to me. I like talking to people.
1: I integrate well to it, and I you know I I kind of know it a little.
3: You know I, well, I you know
1: what we were I, oh God I don't know when it was maybe like an hour ago. I was like it's just. It was when they were like, hey, come help me open El All yeah, right. Like, what the fuck am I missing? Here? Right. <laughs> You've left or, or been asked to leave 25 restaurants right. and you keep getting asked to do the that. talent. But it's funny because that was the question that I'm like, because clearly some of these stories had to follow. What's happening in my opinion now, not knowing, but stories are still following you. Yeah. But the stories that are following you now are, not only are we getting... The Tony that knew how to do all that shit, right? But the the other stuff's gone. Well, right. And he's keeping it together, and he's really rocking. And that's why you're getting offers for kind of the same reasons, right? But different stories are following.
3: Well, right. And like the Tony now, like that, you know, is is such is such a more like this isn't how I view myself, but like I just know that the person that people get to see now is such a better version of what I was. You know, oh, like yes. you know, like. I was so, like, I just didn't have much substance. Like, sure, did I do this cool stuff at restaurants? But that's all it was. It was so superficial. It was yeah. booze and drinking and partying. Like, there was no depth. There was no plan. There was no substance. There was no motivation outside of, like, hey, I got to make some money so I can hang out and party and drink and smoke yeah. some cigs and whatever. You know, like, now I I have drive and i want to do good things and i want to try to like you know be a pillar for my community and i want to try to help people that are struggling with their sobriety or their addiction you know like i never aspired to do anything back then yeah you know and now it's a I weird fuck... feeling kind yeah weird dude feeling. trust me man it took a lot a couple so,
1: what, so then what's next well what's next for you oh man what do I you want to do i mean well it's almost as if you started your career four years ago i in a way i did yeah you know i did
3: You know, and, 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 you know, to be fair, like, or not to be fair, you know, the guys at Terrestrial, I, I definitely, you know, I'm very thankful for the opportunity that they gave me, have given me there because it has allowed me to get even further into my sobriety, like taking the reins over there, like my confidence you know, went through the roof and like, I was allowed, able to acknowledge or actualize a lot of things like monetarily, like, you know, start saving for a house. I bought myself a nice car and like, you know, got tattoo. I started getting tattoos, which I is noticed. Yeah. something yeah. that I, <laughs> something that I always like, something that I always very much wanted to do. You know, when I was younger, I always really admired like heavily tattooed people and I was just always yeah. so fucked up. I could never go get tattooed. I was always, you know, I'm not going to go get tattooed like this. So when I got sober... I was like, "Well, fuck it, man. It's time to get some fucking tattoos." Yeah. And now, you know, almost 4 years later, I have
2: over 50% of my body tattooed. Now yeah. your name's Tony Ink. Yeah, Tony Ink. <laughs> I mean,
3: some of my like good pals kind of bust my chops about it, like, "Tony, you get a lot of tattoos, dude. You get a lot of tattoos." You know, and these are people that are like covered in tattoos. Yeah, yeah. yeah um,
2: but but if you're like if that's my biggest problem, I'm okay with no, it. No, <laughs> dude, I, and then a lot of them
3: like uh, that's you good, know, great. my my uh my stomach, I have a big wolf on my stomach. Oh, that's I so, got that's that for my 1 year of sobriety. My two years was my hand. My three years was the kestrel on my neck. Uh, my four year, I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I think Chad and I might start my back piece. oh um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's. I, I think it's unrealistic to keep getting a tattoo for every sobriety thing because eventually I'm gonna run out of room and then. Then you're
2: gonna be like, oh man, I need an ice cream cone. Yeah, on my like face. what am I gonna do? <laughs>
3: right, like I, I go Gucci. Right, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I don't want to cheapen like if it comes naturally, yeah. like okay, I want to get this. I'll do it. But, like, right now, I don't really have anything in particular that I want to do for my four years of sobriety. Yeah. So, like, maybe Chad and I will just, uh, like, finish. Because we're... I actually have an appointment on Monday. I'm going back to finish the outline. Do you the, go out of state? Uh, I, I have uh, this big piece on my left arm, the rats and stuff, is a dude... Uh, his name is William Voles. He works at a shop in Richmond, Virginia called Fable That's Tattoo. What it was. I think
1: I asked uh, Yeah,
3: I've gone there um, four times. Uh, and I'll tell you, I love William Voles. is what he goes by his last name. He and I've actually become like really, really good friends. Uh, uh, Leslie and I, um, we've, we've gone a couple times to go see him. She gets tattooed by him as well. Um, we've actually become like really good friends with him. He's a a pretty awesome dude. And, uh, but that being said, traveling to get tattooed, kind of getting tattooed sucks.
2: Yeah. It doesn't sound fine,
3: fine. And like. Your arm hurts and then you're in a plane yeah, and depending it's gross. on how long you're on the table. Yeah. right. Dude, oh, these, are trip, six, oh, these are six, These are 6 7 hour sessions yeah, cuz yeah. he's Those sessions, yeah. very very slow and you can tell, you very know, detailed. The, the product is is well worth it. But most yeah. of my tattoos uh are all here. Uh my my leg piece, this left arm sleeve, my neck, my hand, um my other hand is all Chad Lenger at Black Metal Tattoo in Strongsville. Um okay. it's like right, right past the mall. Yeah. Um, I
2: did you about. I, I think I had a buddy go get tattooed. Yeah, he, it's he, a
3: great shop, yeah. dude. That the dude uh, Adam that owns it is just a rad fucking dude. Chad is uh, a, a good good friend and also just one of the best artists, especially yeah. for me. I think it, you know getting tattooed, it's very important to find a tattoo artist that you that especially if you're going to get like. I don't want to say real tattoos because all tattoos are real tattoos, but like something going meaningful. and getting like Dave Matthews Band lyrics on your foot doesn't make, make you a tattooed person. Like yeah. that's you having some little crappy no. tattoos. You want to see
1: what's on my back then? Well, because it's, it's an art under the table and dreaming. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the
3: whole, all the lyrics. crashing
1: crash you from my And spine listen, all I'm all not trying
3: to cheapen anybody's tattoos, but there's a difference between like going and getting tattooed for like six, seven hours. And then going and getting like
2: a lollipop on your balls. Well, right, or whatever it is. <laughs> no, you know okay, what I mean? I
1: but it, there's a difference between getting, like, say, like a like like sitting down for a five six hour tattoo session yeah. versus Kelsey getting a dolphin on her ankle. Well, right, and then yeah. I'm go- and
3: like going back, like my neck, this whole thing on my neck and my head, yeah. was five sessions of absolute fucking yeah, agony. Right. <laughs> so like, don't try to like compare. You know, your little fucking. <laughs> You know, whatever yeah. it is, to... Yeah, I got yeah. breathe
1: tattooed right here.
3: Well, yeah. right, whatever.
2: It's lame tattoos
3: that people get because there's
2: a I lot of them. I got Pee Wee Herman farting out a Lego. Oh, right, yeah,
1: right <laughs> so you I'm, know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You,
2: got, you know, you know what's up. No, I, you um, <laughs> yeah, I,
3: I, I very much get it. The, I mean, but what's next, yeah. man? I don't know. Like, I, you know, the brewery is, is off. Is is despite everything going on in the world and like having to close down. You know, we're still in a very good place, and people have been really supportive of us. You know, we.
1: You know, are going to continue to do that. I'm going to continue on there as a general manager, and you know, enjoy that. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, just like I mentioned before, and I mentioned it via text, you know, like in the last right. week when you and I were kind of talking back and forth about it. I mean, the the, uh, the reason that you guys, I think that Terrestrial is doing well right now, and I'm not not to take away from yourself because I know they all do well. You're a big reason for that. Oh well, thanks for saying. Um, me, man. Um, and I, again, I've mentioned it before. I and I know you have off days because you're currently here not working. Right? I was there, but earlier. it's hard to uh, <laughs> honestly. You're there all the time. Well, you know. And you're working hard. You're always saying hi to people. You're I, always setting up new stuff. Dude, thank you. That's a very big reason why, you know, everyone, obviously, when the COVID stuff started, everyone's like, yeah. support local, support local. The first place they're going to support isn't just the closest local. It's right. their favorite local. No, you mean, have a lot of people that love that place. Well,
3: right. And, and, and you know, we all have worked very hard to achieve that. You know, I, it would be silly of me to try to say that like that. It has, it, it's, it's been a collaborative effort of a lot of great people. You know, from, you know, the owners, Ryan and Ralph, you know, to the assistant brewer, Drew, to myself, to every single person that's been there f- since the beginning. Yeah. And the people that have spent, you know, little periods of time there. Like, Terrestrial wouldn't have become this amazing community, this amazing brewery, this bar, whatever you want to call it, without all those people lending their talents to it. And, you know, we're very fortunate. And, I, and I've said it a number of times to friends of mine. I've said it a number of times to Ralph and Ryan that, you know, we're lucky, you know, because Terrestrial has become more, there's a lot of bars. There's a lot of breweries Mm -hmm. that are just bars that are just breweries. And terrestrial is a lot more than that. It's a lot, it's special to people. It's a place that people want to see succeed. And it's a place that people want to feel a part of. And it's why we were so busy and why we were so supported during the stay at home thing. I mean, there were days where people like there was a line like down the fucking block almost and I like I was even I was like brought to tears a lot of times yeah. because it yeah. was like, fuck man, like there are people in that line that I know aren't working, that have gotten not a cent from unemployment, that are bartenders that don't have a lot of money. And they're here buying growlers, and they just tipped me twenty bucks. And they 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 were here a couple days ago. Yeah, that this meant so much That's to pretty me. Cool but, yeah. yeah, and a lot of places don't have that, so you know it's 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 just it's a very fortunate thing. You know, I, I'm hoping to continue to be there to help the guys grow their vision of of the brewery, and you know, be the the leader of the or the captain of the ship as far as operation side of things go, with Ralph. And uh, you know, I, I got a couple things in the works. You know, I uh, Savannah and I just announced that I I'm a that. partner cool. in Social very Pause. Cool. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Savannah. Uh, is a very, very dear friend of mine, one of my best friends in the whole wide world and someone that I, I admire and love very much. Um, you know, and social pause will always and forever be her thing. Yep. Um, it's I would never in a million years try to take anything, take that away from her or, or try to shape it in any other way than what she sees fit. But with some of the growth that she had planned for this year, which obviously is Got curbed, very yep. much on hold, we were talking the one day, I think we were out to lunch or breakfast or something, talking about, you know, events with social pause. And I had always kind of been helping her with it, you know, as a friend. And somehow I think I brought it up. Maybe she brought it up. I don't remember. A combination of both. It, one of us said something like, well, why don't you just, you know, be my partner? And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, or I said it and she was like, oh, I would have asked you months ago, but I didn't think you, you're so busy with the brewery. And that's kind of how that came about, you know, I, uh, I, it it always, it always is, you know, a number I've said, we've said humble a number of times. It's always very humbling to me when anybody wants my advice, because to me, I'm just some guy, you know, like I don't, I don't give myself too much credit. I try not to, to have too much, like acknowledge too much about myself, which is probably something I should do more, but you know, when Savannah did, you know, said that to me, I was like, come on. Like, what do you want my
2: advice yeah. for? <laughs> I can relate. I can relate to yeah, that. Well, yeah. I, 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 it's I, easier. To, it's it's like, it's like, oh, man, I could have done better, so well, I don't deserve that. Well, right, that. and I
3: think that's, you know, like we said, the mental health thing. You know, your yeah. self-doubt. You'll be your, critical.
1: And, well, right. Yeah, and, like,
2: overly I'm critical sure. times. And
3: then, you know, then there's, the, like, the uncertainty. Like, you don't want to let somebody down. But that's kind of how that was born. So, yeah. you know, obviously it's going to move pretty slowly because, you know, the that and the, the event side of social pause, which is what I'm going to help Savannah out with most. Is kind of non existent right now. Yeah. Um, you know, due to the It'll pandemic.
2: be there eventually, though. But yeah.
3: No. And, you know, I'll be there. So, yeah, we did that. That's a, a, a thing that, you know, is next for me. Um, a buddy of mine, this is very much in the infancy stages. And I think probably because of my love of LaCroix and wanting to have sober things to drink. Um, a buddy of mine, uh, my buddy Seth, uh, he and I uh, are very. Preliminary stages working on a seltzer company?
2: Hell um, yeah, I love me some seltzer. Yeah, not too.
3: so very down the road it'll be hard seltzer, but initially we're going to start out with yeah, just flavored water. Yeah. Um we're working with uh, a friend of mine uh who a lot of people know, uh Okay Pants, uh oh, yeah. Aaron. See, yeah. yeah. So he uh Aaron and I have known each other Pants and I have known each other for a very very long time. 20 years. Pants
2: DJ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Pants DJ. My Utah. Gang, dude. My, yeah, Utah. Um, yeah, no, I
3: feel it. They, uh, uh, he and I uh, met, me, uh, three of us actually, me, Seth, and him met the other day to kind of talk about like concept design and like he's going to do a lot of the work, you know, graphic design. Now, this isn't going to start taking shape until probably end of August, September. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's all being funded by Seth and I's money. So, Neither one, of, neither one of us are millionaires. It's you know going to be a slow, a slow thing. But we're already working on some flavors and stuff. It sounds like a good investment.
1: Yeah, dude. I dude, Really you like know? that. Hey, that's hit cool. Me up. Just another, just another case. Yeah, you, you were talking earlier about what could I have done? You're just catching up now. Man. Yeah, right. Now you're yeah, like, Fuck. right. Yeah, no, we're gonna call yeah, it. Uh, to I, go. think,
3: I think we're gonna call it Seventeenth Seltzer. Not, I think that's what we're gonna call it. Uh, Ohio's the seventeenth state. I like that. I like it a lot. So, but, in, you know, instead of, like, you know, Cleveland seltzer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's kind of what Pants said was, like, uh, he well, was... Well, you got your first promotional partner. No, so... yeah. Hey, guys. <laughs> uh, we're we're so pumped fun. about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it, and it may not end up turning into anything. Like, you know, another wave of the pandemic or might force a staff to put
1: it on the back burner and who's
2: doing it, those cool.
1: Yeah. You don't got a rival Pepsi. You may, well, what if you get another no, cool little local thing? thing and that's a thing. Another is, Cleveland-based. I think right. that's awesome to even, yeah. to even try. You don't know how many people think of something, they're sitting on the couch, or buddy like we should do this. And right. then don't even don't even take the next step. No, to so even yeah, have like a the, the domain name yeah. is is
3: all yeah, set you're, up you're and like it. we got the LLC paperwork sent off. Yeah. And that's like, very cool. Yeah. So
1: I'm I mean a, that's, yeah, that's really you know,
3: nice. I uh I just I spent so much time wasting my time and when I was in the hospital like I made myself a promise and one of those prom I made myself a bunch of promises. And a couple of those I still have yet to live up to because they're for things down the road. Yeah. Um but one of them was that I was going to actually try to like do something with myself, you know, that I was going to try to like, you know, make my dad proud. And, you know, my mom, you know, is very sick. Like I've said, like I she can't see me anymore to really understand that. But like I know I let them down a lot, you yeah. know, and I know that even though they never really said it like I did, you know, and like the, pe- and yeah. the people in my life that 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 have always, you know like Michael and Liz and Doug and like all my friends that I like constantly let down. And like the people that vouched for me and put their necks out there for me that I constantly fucking let down. Like if, if for myself, yes. But for those people, like I wanted to like actually go, all right, this is the guy you were talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not that guy that was fucking passed out in an attic somewhere. Not the guy that was fucking, you know, blowing a three, a point three Oh four. And you know, you know, Jeopardizing his life and other people's lives like that wasn't me, you know. Yes, it was me, but you know what I mean. You know the yeah, point. yeah, yeah. Um, so like, I'm just I'm trying to do things and I'm trying to do things the right way. You know, I've yeah. seen the right way. To, I've been lucky enough to see how the how to do things the right way in this industry, and I want to try to now like apply those now that I actually am the person I probably I should have been. You know. Yeah. Um. i'm doing started, it.
2: Yeah. You're I started a
3: company it. a while ago uh with my dog, uh, Oscar James Co. I don't know. It was a very like it was in like the first or second year of my sobriety. Pants did the logo for it. It's like a little it's like a perfect design of Oscar's face. Um and my idea with that was to I was gonna have different artists do different renderings of Oscar and then figure out how to recreate them and then sell them to donate the proceeds to charity. Then I realized how much art costs, especially custom <laughs> art. And I was like, I don't have the money to do this. Yeah. But I did. What about just like local art? Or Joseph you know?
2: Gordon-Levitt's.
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, even then, dude, like, it's just, it's a lot,
2: you sure. know? And, right.
3: I, and don't get me wrong. I do well at the brewery, but I also have to have, like, I was, my, my issue is that I was putting myself in debt and then going, fuck, like, now I got to sell all these t-shirts. Yeah. Oh, I see what you You know said. what I mean? Yeah, I get so, like, that. Uh, the initial logo... Pants made for the, like, actual logo of the company. I put on T-shirts and I sold them at the brewery and to friends. And I ended up raising, like, almost $400 for the Eliza Jennings Center because they oh, have yeah. a big, like, Dimension Alzheimer's
1: company. Yeah. Or a, not company. Uh, you mentioned that, uh, you know, letting people – I understand that that's always, I think, going to be there because you're always going to think about, you know, the the what-ifs. Yeah. You know, but – you know, it, it seems like you're still focusing a lot on what's going on now. And yeah. I think those people, again, That going back to you're getting new stories following you with your career, I think a lot of those people that you are that you say you'll quote-unquote let down, yeah. I don't know any of them, obviously, but I promise you a lot of them are so focused and so thankful about the last four years. Yeah, and no, that's, and, I think and, how and they, people have been... I bet that's how they lead when they talk about you now.
3: Yeah, and I hope so. And, I, and people have been, you know, once again, it goes to that, like, me being overly humble or whatever it is but you know i i mean like people like savannah like you you guys even right now or other people that i run into that oh tony you're so loved now and like tony you're such a great guy and wow you do so much for this and then and and like i i still don't see that you know like and i know it's true like i know because i go out of my way and i and i really want to like I want to be a positive force in this world, especially now. I yeah. mean, with everything going on, like it's important that people like me, uh, do make a stand and, and are there for people because yeah. there are so many people that are struggling and scared and t- worried about their futures. And, you know, if I can, you know, take my strength and my confidence that I've gained in this past four years to help them, then fucking I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that's, and I've been trying, like, you know, when we shut down the brewery, for the to go thing, uh, I don't know if you guys have you seen those goofy videos I do at yeah. the end of every day. Have you seen them?
2: I haven't seen them yet. Well, no. Like, if
3: you go on, like he, he can show you on my Instagram, which used to be Oscar's Instagram, but I like hijacked it. <laughs> <laughs> so story goes, I got rid of my when well, all this was going on. Like when I first got sober, I got rid of my Facebook, yeah. and then I got rid, and then like a couple years after that, I got rid of my personal Instagram because I was just it was fucking with my mental health. I so, get that checking on. You know, stupid things, and you know, yeah. you know the rabbit hole. It was not good for me, so I deleted it. But then, when this this pandemic hit and we all got shut down, I was like, you know, the first meeting we had, me, Ralph, Ryan, Drew, and uh, Ryan, John's, uh, who helps me run the place. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do a video every single shift. Yeah. And they were like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, like social media, just like talking about the day, talking about what's going on. And they were like, okay, that that should be cool. And actually, tomorrow will be video 100.
2: No shit. Yeah. Oh, those no those are so much fun. Yeah. And yeah they're, dude, they're just awesome. like
3: They're just like three, four, five minutes. I play a bunch of like wacky drum and bass music and I <laughs> talk about, you know, my opinions about stuff. Um, you know, the, initially they were all from the brewery and then I started kind of doing a couple of them from home too, mostly because I didn't want to like, I didn't want, some of them were starting to get pretty like, I speak pretty well, but some of them were getting pretty opinionated about certain things and I didn't want to like purposely put the brewery and like, a bad position by like yeah. saying something and I know that they would get my back, but at the same time I want to obligate them to I have to be a part of what uh, yeah. I was yeah. saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. So I started doing them from home and actually a lot of the ones I do from home, people I get more views on those ones. Uh, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, like even doing those, you know, like there's been people that have reached out and been like, dude, you got to keep doing those little weird videos. Like it gives me something to watch at the end of the day. Like <laughs> Tony, you're, you're such a positive light. And I'm like, Okay, whatever you say. Uh, I'm it,
1: sure it's probably hard to hear stuff like that. You know, when you're like, dude. I mean, I don't know. It,
3: I mean, it, it is. It, it's got to be. It, it, it is because I don't know? think that of myself. Yeah, I'm yeah. just some dude out here with you know trying to make a living, trying to like make good on a lot of squandered years. Yeah. You know, and trying to be a good person to my friends and my family and the people that are important to me, and you know, making and and that's and that is important to me. Like, I've always been that kind of person that like wants. The people in his life to know that they're important. And I feel like I didn't do that a lot back then. You know, I've always been a very affectionate person. I've always been a very, like, thoughtful friend. But, like, it's important that you, the people that you hold the most dear know that you're dear to them yeah. like it works so much wonder on your mental health like when someone you love says takes the time to see you a text and be like hey just want to let you know i'm thinking about you I hope you're doing all right like that means so much but so many people don't do it yeah. you yeah. know so i've been i don't know i've been trying to do that stuff and
2: so i almost got a fly on my you head You did, dude that
1: was like miyagi stuff yeah you, i
2: got it a couple days ago i was and the girl was like did oh my god you get it oh i got it first shot and the girl's like oh my god that's impressive i'm like i want one just
1: now did you get the one just now
2: uh there was a big
1: one just over there I, know, I no, got there the fuck. it is. Fu- it's right above you.
2: You want me to snatch it? I can if get you it right now. Just wait. Rudy usually eats him. Yeah, I saw it's Rudy was barking weird. at it earlier. Let's see if I
3: can. Oh, boy.
1: Oh,
2: boy.
1: Don't knock. Oh, oh uh, fuck. Dude, you're going to knock that TV off the wall. I'll just kind of walk you through this. He's, uh, I'm a, he's
2: I, I, I Don't worry. I got a baseball bat in my he's, car. i right back.
1: Fly. He's stalking a fly. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, that's all. I mean, I'm going to get more tattoos.
2: Cool. That's awesome. Well,
1: dude, man, again, I think you're a lucky guy for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um. You're lucky because, obviously, a lot of stuff could have... Things went wrong for you. They still, amazingly enough, could have gone way <laughs> yeah, worse. They yeah, they could have. It's yeah. hard to even right. say a sentence like that after hearing some of the things that you've told us. Right. But there's still so many nights that just could have just really not gone your way. Yeah. And no, so, I mean, that night I was not driving down the highway at 100 miles an hour, I could have fucking one.
2: Yeah. Killed you know? somebody, killed
1: myself. It could have got so so worse. Yeah. So I, th- I think you're lucky in that respect. I think yeah. you're lucky because... Even though it probably didn't come as soon as you wanted it to come, it did come. Yeah. And you decided time for me to yeah, really I, get this together. You you had a lot of support from you know friends, family, and you're lucky because again, the the theme that we've had here is no matter what you were doing in your personal life, you were so good at your job. You had opportunities and now somehow. Well, you did. You did, man. Yeah. I mean you, you can't you can't argue the results in terms of the amount of people that would offer you jobs in the thick of all this. And now you're not in the thick of it and you're getting the job offers and you're thriving. And I think that that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I
3: ultimately I am very, you know, I'm very proud of where my sobriety's taken me. And I just, you know, I, I'm definitely, it's I'm always going to be thankful that I've been able to do something that, you know, a lot of people aren't, you know, especially being in the industry that I am. Sure. You know, like I'm I was somehow able to, have enough strength to overcome this addiction and and work in the industry and be around it every single yeah. day, you know. And I'm very, very thankful. It's, it's, and you're more
1: than making up for lost time. I yeah, think you're awesome. doing great. Thanks, guys. Well, I really do think it's awesome. The, uh, if you guys haven't been to Terrestrial, um, you should definitely check it out. And you guys have growlers, not necessarily cans, but you can growlers. Yeah.
3: We have, oh, actually, we have growlers and crawlers. So the 32 ounce cans that we oh, can seam. Cool. Okay. Uh, and then we do have growlers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, come on by. I mean, Terrestrial is a great place. It's it's a great environment for all of everybody. I mean, we're it's definitely a, a very cool community. You know, it's a fun environment. Um, you know, I like Terrestrial for a lot of reasons, but it definitely the community that we've created there is. Is a, is a big par, part of that. And you can bring it's your great. dogs. Which yeah, is oh, and, as a, and we have really <laughs> good tacos. Yeah,
1: that should oh, be the yeah.
2: selling point, tacos and dogs. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, then, then beer.
1: Right. <laughs> the Tony guy works it's there. Legit, yeah, Tony. he's legit. Yeah. I, and as a frequent visitor of this place, he does come. Back. we go there because yeah. <laughs> we really love It's so great. The atmosphere is amazing. Um, the beer is great, and the beer rotates, too. A lot of places don't. They kind of just – I'm not saying it's bad, and I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong – you guys have some flagships, but you also you switch yeah. it up. I well, really, I, mean, Ralph, I, I like that a Drew lot. And
3: that you... Ralph and Drew's like brewing plan, you know, is very organic, yeah. which I think is w- something that a, p- a lot of people like about Terrestrial Yeah, yeah. Um, because we do kind of always have different stuff on, you know, and they're in they're in there every single day, you know, brewing or you know working on different things, and it, it definitely
1: helps to have that cool variety. Yeah, you know? it does. I, I I really really like that. You've had. Uh... You got a bunch of good IPAs. You had a couple kind of Irish Reds, yeah, Stouts. I mean, you really I mean, you're all over the place it. too. Yeah. Yeah. You, you uh, you're not some places again stick to maybe like a type or a style. Yeah, and then you know, no, you guys mix no it up. I like it. Slight to anybody that does. You know, everybody does no their own thing. thing. Some people do their thing, right. and that's their thing. That's right. that is one of the. There are places that I do frequent because I know. Right, you can that get, it's, it's gonna. You're gonna get what you're gonna. I'm get, saying. Right. Uh, But I do like that because you guys do mix it up, and you're always mixing different types in a lot. The La Plaza tacos you mentioned, they're legit. Yeah, La Plaza's good. La Plaza's good. Really good, and like you mentioned, you can bring your dog. I think I remember (laughs) one of our first conversations when I started asking you about this, you're like, it wasn't a plan. You were just like, I don't know. People brought their dog and then just kept doing. Well, it. yeah, because <laughs> okay. Ralph
3: had this idea very early on about the dog bowl club, where because we had the big patio and everything, he wanted to do, you know, this thing where you could get a, we would get a dog bowl made with your dog's name on it, and then we would name a potentially name a beer after your dog, which we still do. And then, and I mean, he tells the story the same way as I do. It just seemed to me like all of a sudden. Like, sure, people were bringing their dogs. People bring their dogs to breweries all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, there were just fucking dogs everywhere. <laughs>
2: we were like fucking clockwork. We were
3: like, what? It's wh- great. What's going on? Like, why? All of a sudden we're like, this, like, and then, so, but then we were like, well, let's try to take advantage of this. Yeah. You know, yeah. Let's, and then Savannah got involved. Mm-hmm. And then
1: before you know it, you know, we were, so that's where I, was, I met Savannah. Yeah. I met Savannah <laughs> at Terrestrial. Yeah. And it was part <laughs> she of She was you know, wearing the social pause t shirt. Yeah. Started asking her questions. She told me all about it. Savannah's been on here twice. Yeah. She's awesome to come on and just, she's great to just bullshit. you don't have to plan with right. her. She's great.
3: No, and actually, so the relationship with Savannah and I, uh, as far as Terrestrial goes, she sent an email to Terrestrial's like, just info email about wanting to do an event at Sibling Rivalry, but sent it to Terrestrial. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can't help you with anything there, but I can certainly help you set up an event at Terrestrial. Uh, Savannah. And she was like, oh, that's embarrassing. Well, sure, let's do it there. I'm like, okay, cool. And that's actually
1: how that whole relationship that's started. That's cool. I, I yeah. mean, having been to both, it's probably perfect that that happened because you your place it. is so set up for having the right. kind and of and you can't even do you. dogs there. Yeah. yeah, you can't. It's great. And there's, again, huge dog park right next yeah. to it. They have the events out there. It's The dog events, dog, uh, God, I don't fashion shows. This is maybe that we've had it. That that they've had it there, and we've gone to it. This is what gets
2: me mad that I don't have a dog anymore. I got three. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Come with us. You can borrow Rudy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I got Oscar, Oscar James, um, and
3: then Abel, who's like a little hound mix, and then uh, Zeus, who's an Akita Mastiff. He's 132 pounds. Oh my god! It's a trifecta. Oh, he's huge. Puppies. He's shedding
1: like a. madman right oh, now. Oh, Roscoe? It's scientifically impossible that much hair comes off a dog. Dude, I don't have a, a single dog hair on me. Uh, wait till you stand up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you're not sitting there, Roscoe is. No, so. well. <laughs> <laughs> Great. well. So, Great. But I mean, uh, again, you know, we've mentioned a couple of times, this is a crazy in an amazing story all at the same well, time. Well, I appreciate you guys know, it really yeah.
2: really let is. me
3: come on and talk about it. No. Right? Of course. The story is
2: very, it's very uh, inspirational. It's like, oh yeah, things can get worse and worse, but you, you can, you, you can, you can do it.
3: Yeah. That's no, it. You can, I and mean, like, honestly, like, if, since I have the, like, and I, and I mean this wholeheartedly, and I've taken like the opportunity to say this, like through my own platforms and stuff, like if you listen to this and you hear my words and my story, like, figure out a way to reach out to me if you really want to. Like I am a hundred percent here for people. I will never turn somebody away, especially if I can help. Like I'm not a counselor. I'm not an expert. I have no training. All I have is my life experience. And I'm not saying that what I did is going to work for everybody, but if I can help you, like don't hesitate to reach out to me, like through social media or, you know, yeah, there's plenty of people in the city that know me that you might know. Like, you can figure out a way to get in touch with me. I will certainly be there for you if you need it. What's well, so. throw
2: your Instagram on. Well, yeah. my and my
3: my Instagram is actually it's at Mister at Mister underscore Oscar underscore James because it was Oscar's Instagram. Yeah, you the one. Yeah, I was one of those guys. I had a dog Instagram, but but and I took it over and did this, started doing yeah. those little videos. So check it out. Watch my videos. They're kind of funny, but more importantly. If you are struggling, if you need help, if you need someone to talk to about addiction or anything, like I will be there for you because a lot of people weren't there for me. So yeah, you
2: it's know, the I, give and take. It's like all yeah. right, I didn't get it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I, I wish gonna I would have
3: had more people that would have been like, hey, talk to me.
2: Absolutely. You know, because
3: maybe I would have, maybe I would have acknowledged some things. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times that's what you really need to do is really kind of take that, take a second to really acknowledge what's going on to make the positive changes and make the steps to, to, you know, take control of your life. Absolutely.
1: And, and sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. So, mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, right. Well, like there's like, no easy, there, there is no easy step in the journey that you just described to us, whether no. the going through it, the stopping it, and then making sure it stays stopped. Right. It certainly hasn't yeah. been easy, but Hey, here I am. Hey, wouldn't be easy if I yeah. mean, yeah. Anything that's as good as I think you're feeling right now isn't going to be good. I'm
3: telling you, this this whole thing is making me feel pretty good. I, good. I, I'm very so thankful <laughs> to be a part of this. Well, good. Most people awesome. usually come
1: on here and leave here feeling much worse. Yeah. No, <laughs> man Brian included. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. Again, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks. I yeah, really, really awesome. appreciate it. Check out Terrestrial. Check out Brian at LVT, Wednesday nights.
2: Until shit gets, yeah, yeah, I'm right. Until weird. I'm again. hoping, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, and <if> for <laughs> no some <one> reason, <laughs>
1: fingers crossed that it that I hope it doesn't happen. I think we can still probably avoid it. Maybe if things do close down, make sure you're checking out the growlers at Terrestrial. I'm sure like everybody it, already yeah. knows. Yeah,
3: and we probably uh, would can more beer. We did yeah. that
1: during the, the 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 previous shutdown. Ralph
3: uh, and Ra- and Drew, uh, with the help of some of the other guys, um, we canned beer like every single day they, yeah. those guys were working pretty tirelessly getting like six and four packs to sell so you know if in fact awesome. another shutdown I, happens
1: i i'll be stocked that too. yeah because like, you know, i found out a lot of places during that that were, were selling that i didn't know that were actually selling so well right i mean yeah. it was awesome. not
0: something
3: we do normally we yeah but we certainly but made you guys it, got it together quick yeah you know yeah we that's did. good
1: well that's it cool thanks again yeah, buddy. yeah no yeah, thanks, thanks guys that was cool all right